I forgot the thing I was going to say. Uh, slip Slap Sloopy. <laughs> slip Slap Sloopy. Here comes the poopy. Slip Slap Sloopy. Here comes the podcast. Um, it's episode number 111. 112. No, it's not. I know. Dickhead. Uh, episode number 111 of the SoCo Show. I am, of course, the co-host, Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by the SoHost, Seth Ott. Sloopy. <laughs> and uh, we've got a special guest this week as well. Jared Buckendall joins the show. Welcome, Jared. Sloopy. <laughs> this is. Do you know how many times you've been on now? Uh, I think this might be five. I oh just know gosh. that this is. It's. It's been almost maybe a little over two years since my very first uh, show. I guess. I guess yeah, it would have been pretty close because we had you on pretty early on when we first uh, when we first went on. So welcome back. Uh, this is exciting, of course, because all of us are in studio. Uh, in SoCo Studios West uh, here in Bend, Oregon. Uh, you guys are out here for a visit, which has been awesome. We have cobbled together a, uh, <laughs> over the course of quite a bit of time, uh, it took me to hook us all up here, but we got it done. And uh, we're here to talk about a lot of movies and, and all that good stuff. So you guys are, you're here in Bend, Oregon. It's both of your first times. And uh, I want to know what you guys think. I want to know what you guys think of Oregon. Today we went out on a, a pretty sick ass hike. Had a, mm-hmm. had a nice day for it. So you got you guys got to tell me what you think of what you think of Bend. Seth, after you, buddy. <laughs> I'm very tired right now after <laughs> after, after a long hike. Um, definitely a lot of hiking, a lot of nature, uh, some some random things like paintball in there too. But uh, overall, a good time. Definitely an outdoorsy place to to enjoy the views, the smells. Uh, the the recreational activities so definitely a, a good time in bend you say the smells which may may sound condescending but yeah it actually does smell good here it that's smells like pine yeah, yeah absolutely. all the time that's the thing is every time i'm getting out of a vehicle i'm like mm, pine saw <laughs> but it's everywhere and it smells good um i i've been here only what two days now and mm-hmm. yeah we went on a nice excursion mountain climbing essentially hiking uh, that was fun. A bunch of comedy shows and whatnot. I don't know. I, I really enjoy it. It's, it. Basically, if I had to equate it to something, it's REI, the, the store, but in real life. <laughs> That's pretty much <laughs> Yeah. That's pretty much it. Uh, REI is a big part of Bend. Uh, you, you alluded to uh, going to a show. We, we're going to go to another one, I think, the day after we're recording this one. Um, but we went to a Fuzzy Logic last night here in Bend. I was featured on that show. Uh, so if folks want to go out and look for that, I guess search Fuzzy Logic Bend, I would think, would be the way to find it. I don't know where they, you know, publish their podcasts. On the internets. Maybe I can find a maybe I can find a link and put it in the description box. But that was kind of fun fun to do. But you guys, <laughs> it, was an, it was a unique show because uh, you, you guys were the entire audience. It was just a couple of you. Yeah. Was that weird? Is that weird as an audience member? It's weird as a performer a thousand percent. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, after a while, like you guys were doing that panel mm. podcast type thing, it just felt like we were there in the room hanging out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I almost wanted to go up and just snag one of the mics and start joining in. Probably should have. Mm. No, it was a fun event though. We got to talk some um, conspiracy theories, and uh, I got to talk about the Terminator. So it's always a good day when we get to talk about the Terminator. <laughs> so that was fun. No, I'm glad you guys are enjoying your time here in Bend, uh, and our listeners, if they want to come out here and visit. Uh, I'm always I'm always excited to have visitors out here. So yeah, the few random people that you don't know. 
<laughs> hey, okay. fuck, I don't know, man. Listen, come Maybe out someone here. shows up and says, hey, Kel, I, I like your show. Uh, I hate that other guy that's on there with it with you, can but I, uh, maybe I want to come out and climb a mountain I'm, with you. I'm here in Bend. Can Sleep I get a bit. tour of uh, West Studios, please? Just a <laughs> yeah. quick walk through. Exactly. If if you're a if you're a listener and you find yourself in Bend, hit me up. I'm not, I'm not gonna like put you up. You're not gonna sleep in my fucking house or anything. But I'll hang out with you. I don't know. It sounds like you're offering a free stay. I'll drink a beer with a SoCo listener. That's for I'll, sure. I'll even buy the beer if someone someone comes out here who's a listener and says, "Hey, Co, like I, I like the show. I hate the other guy you do it with. Jared's pretty cool. Um, I'll buy you a beer. That's what I'll do. But you can't stay at my house. Just one beer. <coughs> oh yeah. Okay. It's the first round. I'm not gonna promise unlimited beer. Well, I feel like that's what you need. If if you want more listeners, I need your dedication to be higher. You need to buy unlimited beer or and or let people stay in your house. All mm. the beer, please. <laughs> yeah, no, if you're a listener, come hang out. I'm not going to buy you all your beers, though. I'll buy you one. God, I hope, I hope that you guys go viral, like, in a year, and then people are going back listening to uh, old mm. episodes, and you have people showing up every week to be that like, hey, be Co, awesome. can I get a beer? Mm. <laughs> That would be, I know this is impossible because of the way you set it up, but it'd be funny if like a thousand people found your secret Fandango card and you were somehow <laughs> responsible for paying for all of them. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what that is, uh, you missed out. You missed out. Um, anyway, we got a lot of things to talk about in the show. Uh, obviously going to be heavy movie related. It always is whenever we get Jared in here. Uh, we're going to review It Chapter 2. That's been mm. a highly anticipated movie. We all went and saw that. Um, and of course, uh, everything that you've come to expect, we got Mambo number five, uh, a, a unique edition of We Missed the Boat that I'm excited to get into, um, and, uh, several topics and movies this week here. So, uh, let's jump into it, but we're going to start like we always do with some chic tweets. I call you a punk. So we were worried about chic. We didn't know where he was. It'd been a while since he tweeted. Uh, he came back this week, so he he is officially alive still. He's alive and well. He his first tweet was about Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart got that car accident. He just said, "God bless the Kevin Hart." But he wanted to make sure that there's still positivity in the world, that everyone's still feeling good. So Sheik simply says, "Have a good day, Jabroni." I like it. Yeah. Have a good day, Jabroni. Plain and simple. Yep. That's what I say to my girlfriend when I leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day, Jabronis. I call you a punk. Let's shout out our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free. Jared, are you an audiobook guy? I know. I think we've asked you before, but I don't uh, know. I've listened to a handful. Um, I'm trying to think of what the last one I listened to was. Uh, I think it was, uh, oh God, it was d- something about not giving a fuck. Uh, it's, it's, oh, it was Subtle like, Art. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. That's the one. That's a pretty good one. I've yeah. heard that one myself. It's pretty good. Uh, if you want to listen to the subtle art of not giving a fuck, uh, which is a very good audiobook, uh, hit the link in the description box. You can get it for free. Free. <laughs> Second of all, uh, we have Mathis Designs. You can find our good friend Steph Mathis on Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Cha-ching! And of course, uh, last but, but never least, uh, Mike's Wood, which you can find at Etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed to get your wood worked. Uh, mm, you are tired. <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> the reason Seth is tired, one, we went on a four-mile hike today, and two, it is approaching 11 p.m., 
<laughs> on a Saturday night. So very outside of our typical podcast schedule. But of course, when, since I had visitors in town, uh, wanted to, to make it happen. So if we're a little groggy, uh, it's because we went on a long hike and then destroyed a bunch of pizza. Mm. It didn't stand a fucking chance. So we're going to roll on, though. We'll try to keep the energy up. Uh, maybe maybe these beers that we're drinking will uh, will help us. Uh, maybe they'll hurt us. I don't know. Stay tuned to find out if we all fall asleep on this very <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Before we fall asleep, though, let's get into some topics. We got to talk movies. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. Jared, it's been a big month. Uh, in, in the world of movies, and I want to get your opinion on a couple of things since you weren't here. One so week. many movies. Oh my god. Um, let's see a couple of things here. Oh, here's the big news, of course, uh, that you missed. I know you're aware of it. Uh, Spider Man. There's the big divorce happening. What happened with what? the MCU? Wait, what? <laughs> uh, Sony and MCU don't want to participate in sharing anymore. When, when did this happen? This was uh, maybe just seconds ago. Uh, yeah, I, I missed. I missed the news. Yeah, you have. You didn't see that on Twitter. I guess I'm not shocked. Uh, <laughs> but now, uh, update to that story. This week, we heard from a Sony executive who said the door is now closed. Uh, in terms of further negotiations. So Sony is fully intending on going and doing their own thing, at least if you believe the report. So I'm curious on your thoughts on like the the, the Spider-Man thing. Are, are you optimistic about what Sony's going to do? Do you think he's better and should stay in the MCU? Or where are you at on this whole thing? I, I mean, believe me, like you said, Twitter exploded and mm-hmm. people were freaking out. There's people in the streets. I'm pretty sure they had a save Spider-Man uh, rally somewhere. Um I I think that the okay the Sony head or whatever they said that negotiations are done. I think that potentially they're done for now, and I have a, I have a feeling that you know with Venom the success of Venom making almost what eight hundred and fifty million dollars or something mm-hmm. like that worldwide. Um, they're gonna try to do this Venom verse, bring Spider Man in. I'm assuming it's gonna be Tom Holland again because they have Morbius coming out. Word on the street is they have a Craven movie in development i don't know how far they are along with that but i think that they're gonna go work on that sony's gonna work on that for a while and then uh spider-man in the mcu probably if he's going to return to the mcu it won't be until phase five Mm -hmm. because like if you look at their plans right now they don't have time or room for another spider-man movie right now yeah because i i guess contract wise do they have another one in the pipeline or is it done um Holland is contracted, I guess, through Sony for one more movie. So whether or not that's in the mm. MCU, I don't know that it matters to him. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it definitely throws a monkey wrench in the whole situation because, I mean, no spoilers, but the way Far From Home ended, the way Endgame kind of focused on uh, Tom Holland, Peter Parker, all of that, it, it's a little weird. I don't know how they're going to, I guess, move away from it or just completely ignore it and just never even mention that character again. Mm-hmm. That's um, what they'd have to. Yeah. Because they can't even, no. I don't think, talk about him. Mm-mm. So they're gonna have to basically pretend. Maybe he, maybe he didn't actually come back in the snap. Maybe they, maybe they say he he stayed snapped. And it, and if that's the case, do you think that they go back and almost like re-edit the movie and make like a special edition? Ooh, I Mm-mm. may. I mean, I don't think they would, but it's almost in this weird roundabout way because it's like, oh, we need it to be all all these twenty some movies need to make sense. But I don't. It's I, weird. I don't think they'll do it for continuity's sake. I think they would do it to make an extra couple bucks on it. <laughs> mm. Absolutely, I do. I think they'll just have an excuse of some kind. He got arrested or he got lost. or Well, whatever. that's the thing, though. They can't even say that. 
Well, you know, he's just got to he's just got to not be there. They can't even talk about him. Can't talk about Spider-Man. I I, I saw on Twitter. It was really funny. It was just someone a fan made the very end scene uh far from home it plays out and then it fades to black with a memorial for Tom, uh Spike peter parker and it was a gunshot and it was like he was shot and killed that day and it's like, <laughs> perfect all right we yeah. solved it yeah good enough good enough now it's gonna be it's okay so let's say sony goes forward and they're in control of spider-man and they're they're in their own world uh what do you what do you think of sony and their ability to do that successfully are you optimistic I I want to be. I mean, the thing is, okay, Venom made a butt ton of money, but I think that they know that it was a fluke because critically it wasn't great. They mm-hmm. bring in a lot of talent for Venom 2. So I think that they're going to use that as a springboard to bring in Spider-Man. I really, really hope that they do some sort of Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. At least get a live-action Miles Morales out there or a hint towards one coming in the next few years because... I mean, we've had three different Spider-Men in 15 years, about. Something maybe a like little that. longer than that. Oh, two maybe was Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. I'm kind of... I, I I love Spider-Man, Peter Parker, all that. I want something a little fresh, a little different. Like, hell, even if they do a Gwen Stacy movie mm-hmm. or or work off of the Rogue's Galaxy... Or not Galaxy, uh, Gala, Gal, Gallery? Gallery. Gallery. Yep. Oh my gosh, I had a small stroke there. <laughs> um, yeah, they they have a lot. Like, they... the The gallery of all of his characters there's there's a lot that they can play with there oh yeah so yeah you know, I, would, I would love to see a live action like gwen or miles for sure mm-hmm. um i could you know what i could see them doing not not saying spider-man they did call him the kid a lot so they could say where's the kid mm. and then that wouldn't necessarily be because that's not a trademarked he got Spider-Man. shot and I killed if they i wonder what? if uh he got shot and killed yeah <laughs> they could just say where's the kid at oh we have we don't know he's off the grid that's yeah, it. they could. I'm, I'm curious if I, I mean, if I'm a Sony lawyer, I'm still coming after you for that. I don't think because they they're referencing a character that they can't reference. Um, but I, I don't know. You know, I think know. it's just intellectual, intellectual, intellectual property. Wow, we're both having strokes. I know. See, <laughs> <laughs> something's in the air. It's in that vodka. Um, yum, 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 yum. <laughs> no, I think uh, I, I think the intellectual property would be referencing the actual because they might not even be able to reference say spider, but if they just said the kid. I think that would that would well and also okay if Sony goes off and does this Venom verse Spider verse whatever the kind of verse they're doing do you think that it's going to be both Spider Man and Venom headlining it or is it going to be strictly Spider Man stepping in and being like I'm the lead of this everyone's kind of following my lead I think it'll depend on how Venom two does yeah if Venom two kicks ass then I think they center it more around Hardy and bring Spider and bring Spidey in but either way. Uh, with Holland only contracted for one more movie, mm-hmm. unless they extend that out, I think it makes sense for them to do something with him to transition him over to maybe a Miles or a Gwen or some other yeah. lead character. If it's but if it's just you know if Tom Holland is only going to do one more and be done, then it makes sense to keep Venom as kind of the linchpin there. Mm-hmm. It, I wish that weren't the case because I don't think he makes much sense as like a you know a, 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 for lack of a better way of putting it a Stark you know yeah. Um, of their universe, but I think that's what they'll do because it's what makes money. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, like going back to the original thing, the original question, for me, I want to see the Sony versions go other direction. Like, I'd be excited again if they did a Miles live action movie or if they did a Gwen movie. Um, maybe with Tom Holland, they do a, to- pat- a torch. Maybe they don't reference anything in the MCU, but they just do like a torch passing. passing mm-hmm. Where it's, oh, my, like, you know, Donald Glover who played uh technically is the prowler yeah you know they could maybe do something with him 
Um, I don't know what the whole deal is. I mean, I, I think he's obviously a Sony-owned character because he's in the Spider-Man universe. But I think that maybe they do something there, and then that's how they shift in Miles or something just to get rid of any you know mm-hmm. semblance. Yeah, of the they've MCU. De- they've definitely laid the framework for kind of moving into kind of anything in that realm and i hope that they figure something out and just don't throw something together that's going to be trash and i don't know i mean i obviously critically you know you can look at the toby Maguire ones you can look at the andrew garfield ones there's some that are good some are bad i mean it's spider-man i i thoroughly enjoy all of them i know that some are very bloated because when you get more than one character or villain in there Mm -hmm. or trying to set up other stuff it just gets too much so i hope that they can kind of learn from those mistakes learn from what they did in venom and put something great together Mm -hmm. but who knows it's all speculation right now got no one knows what they were talking about in that room or anything Mm -mm. no it's it's gonna be an interesting thing to keep an eye on i do like the little cat and mouse thing you know uh it it seemed like disney put out the news that sony walked away from the table and now sony's putting out this news that they are walking away from the table and uh it's kind of a fun thing to be able to kind of watch um as fucked up as it all is and annoying um it's kind of interesting too. I don't know. Yeah, a little bit of a battle between studios. Never a bad thing, especially when one of them's Disney. Fuck those guys. <laughs> so that concludes Spider Talk. That's that's Spider Talk. talk. Ooh, ah. Oh, what? where's my fucking? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Uh, okay. So we, we talk typically about the different movie subscription services and we've been talking over the last month or so about my experience with Regal Unlimited. Uh, and I'm really enjoying it. I know Jared, you're in AMC Stubbs, a list. I'm on that list. Yeah. So that's, uh, both of these are, you know, uh, theater specific, right? So you can't go to every theater like Cinemia and MoviePass did. Yeah. Uh, both those companies bombed out. But Regal and AMC are, are both reporting really good results from their individual streaming services. So, like, what's your what's your experience been like with AMC? Are you liking it? And then do you think that this is the way these subscription things are going to have to go in the future, like, specific to each theater chain? Yeah, for, uh, for AMC A-List, I actually think I got an email about a month ago, and they were like, hey, happy one-year anniversary. So I've had this for over a year now, and it's 20 bucks a month. You get three movie tickets a week. You can see more than the only stipulation is like the first movie has to be done before you can get the second ticket. So, I mean, you can mm-hmm. see multiple movies in a day. You get discounts. Uh, you get rewards. It, if you're an, uh, an active movie goer or even if you're seeing two movies a month, that's paying for it right there. Because mm-hmm. one movie it, nowadays is like 11 bucks. It, it It's not it it's do it because it's dumb not to because again like you get that pop, like if you're a big concessions person you're saving i think it's 10 to 20 percent off of concessions and i think moving forward that's going to be the way i think some of these theaters are going to go because personally I, i'm going to a hell of a lot more movies because mm-hmm. of this because i also want to get my money's worth i mean mind you it's only two movies that i'd be getting my money's worth but I think they also came out, I, I don't know the specifics, but AMC, they don't make their profit off of these tickets for movies. They're making it off of concessions. So right. if they can get more people in, more people are buying concessions and food. And, and the fact that theaters now, you know, they've kind of stepped it up where they sell alcohol as well. That's a big moneymaker because I'll see a lot of people go to these movies. and I'm like, what? You're going to this movie, but they're having a drink and it's a night out for them. It's a date night. You know, it's mm-hmm. a Friday, Saturday night. 
or a Tuesday afternoon. You know, it depends what kind of job and life you have. <laughs> <laughs> but but I guess the, another good thing, I don't know what Regal has uh, for their kind of uh, theater selections, but I know that AMC, you can see IMAX, XD, any of these premium offers with this subscription service. However, the town that I live in, we don't have any of that at the AMCs, but I know that a couple people I've been on a podcast with in Boston, they have an IMAX there and they always go to it. So for 20 bucks, seeing an IMAX movie, I think an IMAX ticket is already $15. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For here, for me, it's like 23 bucks for an IMAX ticket. And Whoa. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think I, I think end, Endgame was the last one I went to, and I'm I want to say it was like twenty three bucks, um, but with with Regal, so the the way they do basically you pay a surcharge to go to one of the premium shows. Yeah. So we went to a ScreenX film the other night, and we'll talk about ScreenX in a second. And I think my ticket was like four or six bucks. So you pay a little bit of a surcharge, but still you're saving a ton mm-hmm. oh, um, yeah. off those tickets. But I think the thing. That you mentioned there, that is the key distinguisher between like a movie pass and a Regal Unlimited is uh, the concessions. Mm -hmm. You know, movie pass and Cinemia didn't, what the fuck were they supposed to make money on? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. your data. They're selling it to Russians. Come on. Yeah, the data. (laughs) And that didn't work the way they thought that it would. But I think with AMC and Regal, uh, you know, it's just a way to get people in the door so that they can sell them popcorn, which makes, I think, all the sense in the world to me. Mm-hmm. Now, Seth, you're, you're a Marcus guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm assuming if something like this came available for Marcus, you'd be a day one adapter. Um, uh, until I see how this pre-show thing works that I've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that, It's in beta right now. They're, uh, they're doing it. They're doing the ads and all that stuff. And it seems like people have been able to use it. So that comes out for me in November. So I... Uh, you know, it would, de- it would depend. It would depend on how yeah. well that works. Well, and also with those subscription type services, it has, uh, I guess, enticed me to see movies I normally wouldn't. I mean, mm-hmm. now that I'm reviewing movies and I'm more in the atmosphere of or environment of movies and stuff, I'm seeing a lot of. Uh, I mean, Seth, you've recommended movies that I've never even heard of, <laughs> and I'll go out of my way to see these. But with twenty dollars a month, you don't. You're not losing anything in a weird roundabout way. I mean, mm-hmm. besides your time, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so you can you can take a risk every now and then, and mm-hmm. it might be a great payoff. It might be a bad one, but you're not losing money, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I went. Um, I think I was still on Movie Pass at the time, but I went to like, um, uh, what was the name of that movie? Dark Phoenix. <laughs> I went to I went to Dark Phoenix and The Dead Don't Die. I'm pretty sure like on back to back days Mm -hmm. and they were both movie pass paid for. And I was annoyed because both those movies suck bad, (laughs) but I wasn't as annoyed as I would have been if I had paid full price. Yeah, exactly. So that's exactly what you're talking about. It's right. It it doesn't feel as risky to go see some shit. You wouldn't. And Mm -hmm. another thing, I guess if I'm paying full price for a ticket personally, some days I wait until a matinee, like a weekend morning or something like that, because I don't want to pay $12 $12 for a ticket for a, for a night show. I And also, I'm weird. I like morning matinee movies. <laughs> Me too. Like, they're I'll go they're the best. I start, yeah, yeah. Eight o'clock. If it's 8 o'clock, I'm, that's see, my favorite. See, I'm jealous because you get movies that early. Like yeah. a, a matinee for me, like the first showing of the day is about 1030. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, 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 that's about normal. But yeah, there's, I mean, they'll start at 8. And they're all up, up until I think 11. They're $6. So that that's a lot. Honestly, if it, unless it's a Thursday night blockbuster yeah. like if i was at home for it i would have saw that thursday night but uh otherwise everything else i try and see 
Saturday, Sunday morning. Yeah, and and again, in a way, I think that those subscription services, again, they're getting people in the doors and not just, like, say, on the weekends. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know every theater has that discount Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Those nights are packed. Oh, like, yeah. It is yep. tough to go to a movie on a Tuesday, so I think that they're, they're trying to spread that out as well, get people there on a Wednesday, you know, opening Thursday nights, Sundays, who knows? Because mm-hmm. I know Friday and Saturday is kind of consistent. I love that shit, though. Like... For me, just the way my schedule works out, Wednesdays are a really good day for me to go to the movies. So if I can see it like a double feature on Wednesday, that's mm-hmm. fucking dope. Mm-hmm. And there's no one in the theater then. No. <laughs> so let, let's let's stay on the theater. Um, Regal in my town has now uh, built a ScreenX theater. Uh, ScreenX, if you don't know, I'll, I'll link in the description box to a website where you can learn more. Uh, but it's basically a new film format where there are three movie screens. One is the screen you're used to in the front, and then two and three are the left and right walls of the theater and they project uh, sort of some side bits onto there as well. Uh, so the idea is to make it more immersive, make you feel like you're sitting kind of in the center of the scene rather than, you know, watching a diorama. Um, and so we saw it this way. And so other than it, you know, cause we'll review it later. Uh, what did you guys think of the screen X experience? It was certainly interesting and different, but mm-hmm. was it in a positive way, Seth? Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was really cool. It reminded me of like a Universal Studios 3D ride, which is basically the same thing. They just block out your peripheral view and pretty much your entire the entire view in that thing is a screen mm. uh, and a really good screen. But same thing here in a way. I mean, it's it's a really good movie theater screen. It's big and they expand out the the bars so there's no like you know widescreen bars. It's the entire full screen and then. The sides are our video and yeah, there's a noticeable difference in the quality on the sides and yeah, there's a a little bit of a break, but it really does put you in it when, when stuff's happened. And I think the only issue with like something like an it is that, or even other movies that don't do it, like they, they turn the screen off on the sides between when things are happening. Um, if, you know, if nothing big's happening, they turn the side screens off and that, I think that should be going the entire time mm-hmm. because it does, it can help you predict, Oh, like something's going to jump out here, which for me is great because I don't like the jump, jump scares, but you know, it could get maybe for like an Avengers, if they did Avengers like that, you know, like the, if the screen would have came on the side when the circles start coming out, when everyone's coming through the portals, uh, the Dr. Strange oh, portals, been cool. that could have, but that also could have been like the screen is off and then, Oh, it's on in that moment. You know, they're all coming out, which you know anyway, yeah. but it also could have been in, in one of those things like poof, well shit. Now I know something's going, mm-hmm. you know, so you don't get to experience it, experience it as naturally. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that would be my only thought is to make it better. Keep it on or do something with the sides. Even if it's not a big mm-hmm. scene, you I'm know? hopeful that other movies will do that. Um, and with it, I'm not, you know, it's probably not filmed with that in mind. I wouldn't guess. Um, and so this isn't for every movie, but for certain ones, like I know Spider-Man far from home, uh, in other locations with screen X, that was a screen X movie. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, but my assumption and my hope would be that if, if a movie is filmed more with that in mind, that it won't go away. So Mm -hmm. I'm hopeful that that was just an it problem and not an every movie problem, but Mm -hmm. you're right. Uh, it does sort of it feels very strange when, when, you know, all of a sudden something fires up on the side and you're like, Oh, here we go. Yeah. 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 I think that that's how it was too. Every time the screens lit up on the side, I was like puckering my butthole because I knew that <laughs> something was going to pop out. But I agree that Gross. I think, I, yeah, exactly. I think that, uh, Hey, you, you guys are sitting by me. Oh, that's nasty. <laughs> um, I, we I appreciate think, you. The, the, pot, the butthole pucker. <laughs> um, I, 
I think that, yeah, they definitely don't factor that in when they film stuff. And I'm almost wondering if it's someone at that, like the Screen X company that gets mm. the movie prior and has to go through and make these, I guess, templates or take the sides and somehow stretch them out. Because, again, it wasn't the full movie. It was certain scenes. But when it did, when it was happening, it looked awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, personally, I thought it was going to be a gimmick when we first went in. I wasn't expecting anything great, but like the seat location that you picked, the oh, because we were like immer- immersed in the movie because mm-hmm. we were close enough where the front screen was boom right there in front of us, and then when the sides did turn on again, you were like covered by light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they had the uh, the opening like here's what this thing's capable of kind of video, yeah, which is a dumb video with no plot through line <laughs> at all. It just is a bunch of shit flying at you, but it is so cool. Oh yeah, five yeah, minutes in, I was sold. It's disorienting as hell, but yeah. like once you get settled in, it, yeah. it, 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 I think I think you guys will agree that it 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 achieves its goal of immersing you in the movie. It feels mm-hmm. like you're sitting kind of in that world, which is yeah. cool, especially in a world where there's. For one second, a girl buying ice cream and the next fucking Uranus is sitting in the middle of the street. Yeah. <laughs> it's a metaphor. <laughs> uh, so Screen X, if you have a chance, uh, it sounds like they're rolling these out a little bit more. Uh, they're adding screens, at least Regal is, uh, in the U.S. So yeah, if you get a chance, I think it's three recommends from us. Yeah. Uh, spend mm-hmm. the extra couple bucks, go see a Screen X. You could easily do it in a bunch of theaters, too, because it's not... Like, when I walked in, I walked in before Cody and Jared did, and... and I was just like, this doesn't look like additional screens. It mm. just looked like wall paneling. And I felt it, and it felt just like fabric wall paneling. It doesn't even feel like a... You, know, <laughs> you went up and felt it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, this can't, be a, this can't be a screen. But yeah, when they project it on there, it looks good. See, I'm wondering if it would be better if they did somehow put screen quality on the walls somehow. I don't know if that if it would project better because I mean if you look at the sides it's not an actual screen yeah mm-hmm. I feel like the camera is probably still not I think the camera probably they the reason they don't do a canvas is probably because the cameras are less quality so they don't need it to be you know canvas plus it's at like you, it's probably added or they're just stretching that part of the screen mm-hmm. or of the actual movie out so mm-hmm. it's not gonna look good anyways yeah. yeah yeah it's really cool for those big like wide angle shots less awesome in tight quarters i think but like even even if it wasn't necessarily an extension of the scene but just like some colors mm-hmm. or something um that fit with the rest of the scene it, it, i think is super cool mm-hmm. to be kind of surrounded like that taking yeah. away the peripheral vision i think is really yeah going back to what uh, seth said about the end game like if you were watching that and it slowly uh, orange circles kind of popped up on either side mm-hmm. that would have been really cool yeah, yeah. That would yeah, be neat. I would bet. I would bet because that probably had some screen X showings in places. Probably. I would bet you that's how they treated it. Yeah. And I would fuck. I'd pay ten bucks just to go watch that scene. Yeah. Yeah. That'd yeah. be dope. So that is Screen X. Uh, it's a recommendation from us. Go see it if you get a chance. What else do I have on here? Um, okay, so we're at a strange point in the uh, movie year. Uh, as August has ended, we're getting into September, and. Uh, a couple things are going to start happening. We're getting away from the summer blockbusters and into the Oscar season. Uh, August is a month that we talked a lot of shit about uh, going into it and came out uh, thinking it was surprisingly pretty good. Uh, so I'm curious to know, like, what what are each of your guys's? What was your top movie of August? And I think a month of surprises. What, what what stuck out to you, Seth? You go first. 
Well, I think there, cause there's two distinctions for this one, at least for me that I saw in August or that came out in August. Cause I guess came out. Okay. Cause the mm. mo- movie I saw in August, I liked the most was loose, but that was technically released. I think a few months ago. Um, but I think if it's just that like movies released in August, I think my favorite's ready or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I had, I had a blast of that movie. You uh, continue to stay high on that. Yeah. I, I've come down on it since I saw yeah. it, but you, you love it. I really did. I really enjoyed it a lot. It had everything. I had no expectations for it, but the world they'd set up from the beginning, I was, I was bought into it and they, they stuck to that. They knew what they were going to do with that movie. They, they, you know, there's a mystery element to it and everything, but you know, I wasn't ever too like, what's going on? But, um, it, it just felt, it just, it just fit perfectly. I thought performances were really good. Music was good. Cinematography was good. I liked it. It was an all around fun, unexpected surprise. You like that one too, Jared. Was that your favorite of August? Yeah. I was going to say, this is going to be a very bland, uh, topic that we're going over because <laughs> loose again, I love that movie, but I think it came out months ago. I mean, we don't get those kind of smaller art house indies until years after they've come out. <laughs> but uh, Ready or Not was really fun. I mean, I, I remember the trailer. That was the thing is it didn't get marketed until maybe a month before it came out. Yeah. Like This trailer came out of nowhere. I was like, I don't know what this is. It looks fun. It looks like they're playing into you know the horror of this hide-and-seek game, but also this dark comedic tone, and that's exactly what the movie was. I loved how mm-hmm. they blended everything. Uh, Samara Weaving in this lead role. I, I personally have never seen her in anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not even going to call her a discount Margot Robbie. She does look like her, but <laughs> she turned in a pretty solid performance here. And, <laughs> yes. I uh, I mean, I liked Ready or, I. Ready I keep wanting one. it to call Ready Player One, yeah. and then also Hide and Seek, but those are two different. Other Hide, the Hide the Sink. <laughs> yeah, you get, which is incredibly hard if you've never played. Um, Ready or not, I enjoyed. I, I don't think nearly as much as you guys, um, but I would say my favorite uh, from August was Good Boys. Mm. Um, that movie made me laugh my balls off, dude. I was <laughs> like top to bottom, and I had. I, I knew I was in for like a party movie, so I'd had a beer yeah. too when I went in, but I was fucking cackling from, yeah. from top to bottom of that one. That's, that's a, a good one. that's a great movie to see with a lot of people mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. bring a group of friends because you're just laughing. You're having a great time. Again, it's one that if you have a couple drinks, you're going to enjoy even more. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I'm not yeah. trying to advocate alcoholism, but. We are. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Let's get fucked up. <laughs> uh, uh, Peanut Butter Falcon is also another one that, that did officially release in August and then. Came out the beginning of August and then had a wide release towards the end. But uh, yeah, that that was that was a great one too. I think again, what I talked about in the review, my expectations were just a little too high for that one. Whereas like with Ready or Not, like you mentioned about the the trailer, I hadn't seen a trailer until the night before. I went to a movie the day before, and that that was the first time I saw the trailer. And, it was the and day that, before. I'm like, and I saw. I think it was premiered at South by Southwest, if I'm not mistaken. And I had seen tweets saying this is a great movie. Go check it out. A lot of fun, unexpected, blah, blah, blah. And so I had seen some retweets of those and then like a couple people's reviews from back months ago saying like, hey, this is great. It comes out this week and check it out. And then that's kind of where I did. Yeah, I, I hadn't seen anything prior to even the day before. Hmm. So. And that, yeah, that's what I said in my review. I said, if you had not, if you haven't seen the trailer, go in completely blind because you're going to enjoy it even more. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's a movie that hinges on surprises. So the more of them you can save for, for when you're actually watching it, uh, the better. So like I said, we are about to roll into Oscar season. And 
you know, I, I think historically most of what we see get nominated uh, comes out, you know, in September or later, mm-hmm. with emphasis on the later. Uh, so this is is very early to be talking about Oscars, um, but I'm interested to hear from you guys like what what you've already seen that you think might be you know talked about come February. Uh, and or what is left to come out this year that you have at the top of your list uh, to keep out for for Oscars. So, like, for me, I know that there's been a lot of buzz around Joker, Mm -hmm. and that's one that I'm excited to see. I'll need to see it before I'm ready to endorse it as an Oscar movie, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's coming out at the right time of year, and it's getting the right buzz. So that's one that I'm really pumped for. That this morning won the top prize at the Venice Film Festival. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. the Silver Tuna. (laughs) Is that what it's called? No, it's the Golden Lion. (laughs) The Silver Tuna is what uh, the two crooks in Home Alone call the McAllister's house. Fun fact. I did not know that. That that is, a, I guess, a fun fact. Uh, What are you you guys, what are you looking out for that, that hasn't come out yet? There's a whole bunch that I think has potential. Um, Honestly, I think the Joker is the leading movie right now coming out like tiff is tiff turn up toward the toronto film festival just started like two days ago so we're gonna get a lot, get a lot of stuff coming out of there and that's gonna be the big you know like who what's what's gonna be the best but um venice had joker which again everyone is saying that's that's the lead right now um ad astra came out that comes out i think this month um that had a good, a lot of good reviews. Uh, the Goldfinch is coming out this month and had, has had some early buzz. The Lighthouse is one that heard I heard is really fucked up. That's uh, the black and white movie with Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. I don't know if you've heard of this one at all. Is it A24? I th- yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, but that, that's been one. Um, I think, so Knives Out I don't think will be an Oscar one necessarily. Might be. Might, maybe for original screenplay because that's the one thing I've heard is that the writing is insane. But that that's gotten a. I've seen nothing but awesome things of that one, uh, that just premiered at TIFF. Um, There's one other one at TIFF that premiered today. Was it Waves? I think I saw a tweet about that. Was one I really heard about, but I think I saw tweets about that. Ford v Ferrari is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, the Christian Bale, Matt Damon about that whole Ford and Ferrari thing. Um, that got really good reviews coming out of Venice. But we'll see more, especially in the next few days. Like what's really actually next week because tiff is a long it's a Mm -hmm. long festival so i think we'll see in the next week or so what really as as more reviews pile out what really is going to be the the leaders but right now it's joker yeah i like it i'm glad you brought up ad astra too because that's Mm -hmm. a movie that i've been really looking forward to and it got shuffled around in the whole fox thing and then pushed back and Mm -hmm. we were like oh is this going to be bad why did they push it back uh now from what we're hearing it's, it's maybe more to keep it in the conversation for for award season. So that's one that I'm really hopeful for being the space guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was a big a proponent for first man last year. So that, that's probably the one, uh, Joker and Ad Astra are the two for me that I'm most excited to see and see if they're going to hold up. Is there anything Jared that Seth didn't mention that you are also on the lookout for? Um, I, I'm just trying to think of stuff because you know, the, the next three months, there's going to be stuff that just pops out out of nowhere that personally I knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. You, Seth, you got something? Sorry. Yeah. I was just reminding myself. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers biopic. Just saw some tweets about that. Said, it's incredible. Um, it's not exactly what you expect, but in the best way possible is what I saw. So that sounds cool. I think that's going to be way more of a dive in on like the accusations against him. Because that's the one thing the documentary just was like, you know, they kind of just said, all right, <laughs> you know, this happened. Wait, they- what? 
I didn't know there were. Is there a bad shit about Mr. Rogers? Yeah, basically. You never heard about how he, he was in kids? Vietnam and murdered like sixty-seven people because <laughs> well, like, he was a sniper. That, there's stuff of that. I don't think that'll be in the movie. But, no, it won't. That's zero percent. Um, mostly, it's about like. <laughs> well, they they might do it just to like disprove it as a joke yeah. or whatever. But mostly, it's going to be about like. Um, is there was stuff about like is he bad a bad influence somehow? Was he weird around kids? Like, how was he? touchy with kids stuff like fucking that. them kids not yeah not necessarily that but um, <laughs> wait so were there have like people said like people have accused him of it it was or just like, it was just people being like he seems what's this he's old guy too perfect yeah um, like what's this old guy hanging out with kids for yeah well i think the movie will definitely talk about that because yeah, that's yeah. that's part of the i know well, the it's, ba- it's based on an interview that a guy did yep. Yep. and he like went to gotcha him and see like what's you know what's wrong with this cat yeah and I think, uh, so I think that one will dive really into that stuff and like Mr. Rogers' psyche. Cause that's something still too, we don't know a lot about. Like the guy was very kind of, he always had, he was always like super nice and sweet and all that stuff, but he always had a guard up. He never yeah, really I mean, heard much about him. So definitely I think, through that documentary, it is touched on because each of his characters that he played, because in the show he did the voices of like 13 different puppets mm-hmm. each one was a basically i wouldn't say a personality but kind of a, a way for him to an outlet to give his emotions for that so mm-hmm. a lot of people weren't able to actually figure out who this guy was in general mm-hmm. so yeah that that's a great one that i'm looking forward to i mean i i did a trailer reaction and broke down crying. <laughs> right. i was like i don't know what's happening yeah but going back to the movies that i've already seen i'm trying to think i would love for uh kelvin harrison jr from loose yeah. to get a nomination i doubt that's gonna happen yeah peanut butter peanut butter falcon i feel like might get a nomination for something i don't know exactly what yet mm-hmm. and there was one other movie i'm trying to think of what it was that god i don't know come back to me <laughs> trying to think of what it i mean special effects that goes to any kind of big blockbuster so i'm assuming endgame might get a special effects nomination Probably gonna uh, go ahead star, and wars star wars will. yeah star wars mm-hmm. will i think for what we've already seen this year really the only bet is once upon a time in hollywood i think that's the only mm-hmm. sure bet to be a best picture nominee to be a best director nominee to be a best screenplay nominee to have at least I don't if there's going to be acting I think it'll be Leo and Pitt I don't think Margot Robbie gets a nod she was barely in it no <laughs> um, I could see Brad Pitt for supporting uh, I could see both of them actually I think I think Leo would be lead and Brad Pitt would yeah. be supporting and I think Brad Pitt would rather be in supporting because mm-hmm. I think he could easily win a supporting he's probably my favorite supporting role I've seen this year mm-hmm. and I I mean I like that movie um, what's well, not one of it's not my top 10 or anything but Brad Pitt in that movie was awesome. He was my favorite part of that movie by far. So, um, I, I could definitely see him, but yeah, I mean, Kelvin Harrison jr. Um, he's awesome. Amazing. Best performance I've seen, not this year, but probably in the last five years, not going to get nominated. Mm-hmm. There's not a chance. Peanut butter Falcon is one. Jared and I talked about this a little, uh, a few days ago. Peanut butter Falcon has a chance just because of the story to be nominated for a screenplay. I think, I don't think it'll be a directing. I don't think it'll be an acting. I don't think it'll be anything like that. But original screenplay very much has a chance for that. That's about it, though. I think this year, for what blockbusters have come out or bigger movies, maybe Avengers. That's a, that's maybe the other one. Oh, that, that was going to be my next question. Do you think Endgame finds its way into the pool uh, for Best Picture? Maybe. I... I don't think it should because there's a lot that's coming. I mean, just going down the the TIFF rundown, there's quite a few right there that, I mean, have potential. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. If it does, it's going to make it in that 9 or 10 spot. Yeah. 
kind of like that seemed to be Black Panthers. Uh, but I think that that had that had also. more resonance like culturally. The, yeah, that was big on the culture thing. The 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 reason I could see them nominating Endgame would be as like a Return of the King style lifetime achievement thing. Yeah, um, I think it's it makes less sense than Return of the King did because yeah. that I think Return of the King was probably also the best movie that year. Yeah. Um, but that I could see as like the Academy being like, this is our chance to award a Marvel movie, and we're not going to have it for a long well, time after this. Well, and say like, yeah, that's it. I get that. Um, I I personally don't think that they will be, but again, we were, Jared and I were talking about this exact thing, and it's it's an insane achievement makes made a bunch of money, but. We're gonna get another Avengers in like five years. Yeah, yeah. This is a mix of the same cast and different casts, so it's not the last Avengers movie. You know, Um, the Marvel universe. That was the other thing with like the Academy at the time. They didn't know they're gonna make five more Hobbit movies or whatever. Three, I guess they made. Uh, There wasn't plans of that, so they were like, "This is it. This is such a big thing." You know, and it was a good movie. I never saw it, but yeah, people thought it was a good movie. All that stuff. I think it's different than Avengers here. I, I, I don't think... I personally don't... If they get nominated, um, that's it. I don't think it's going to be well, and also sort of Black I, Panther push. Yeah. They, I mean, my understanding is there's a decent amount of compa- campaigning and money that goes into that shit, too. So Disney has the money. I mean, mm-hmm. they could potentially oh, yeah. do their thing and... Well, I don't know. They can't pay Sony to... <laughs> they can't uh, afford Sony not yeah, to, not to get paid, true. so... Their stock is plummeting as we speak. <laughs> the uh, okay, so where I think there could be a lifetime achievement though is for Robert Downey Jr. Though, do you guys still think he's on the top five? That's more likely. What you've seen that? No, but that's more likely. Yeah, mm-hmm. see, I, I agree. I would say no, but I could see it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Um, I don't know. We'll be keeping an eye out though. Certainly, lots of lots of films yet to come out that uh, are going to be part of that conversation. I will obviously be. Well, at least probably Seth will. Uh, be watching <laughs> it's getting into Seth time a year uh, <laughs> as we uh, as we roll on so um, we were talking about movie stuff uh, we got to talk about some more movie stuff uh, surprising no one uh, but this time we're going to do it in list format let's jump over to our Mambo number five ladies and gentlemen this is Mambo number five five we are going to be counting down our top five favorite uh performances by comedic actors in non-comedic roles uh bill Hader is getting a lot of praise for his role in it chapter two uh which to be fair does have a fair amount of, of comedy uh but yeah uh, some drama also <laughs> but he's al- he's also with with barry and things too so. mm-hmm. yeah obviously great and barry bill Hader is just fucking dope mm-hmm. uh so we're gonna count on our top five uh, other examples of this i imagine there will be some some crossover can um, kicking. I think there is a correct answer to this one, and I'll talk about it when I get to my number one. Sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, let's 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 fucking let's do it. Let's jump in. Let's go. Number five. All right. Let's see here. Number five. Um, okay. So this is one. I think you, you're going to start by going what, and then you're going to you'll get on my side about this. Uh, I went with Michael Sarah's character in Molly's Game. And I don't know if you guys are as high on Molly's game as I am, but I think that movie like fucking that movie. rules. Yeah, I, I liked it, yeah. And he plays Player X in that movie. We all so, we all, all know who, who that Player X is. Yeah, Tobey Maguire, right? <laughs> yeah, is, that's the spoiler. Yeah. So he's playing him, and uh, he is so fucking gross and despicable in that movie, and it's so hardly harshly against his 
every other character he's played, you mm-hmm. know, super bad and fucking, I guess, um, in this is the end, he goes kind of against type, but it's still for comedy. Uh, but I think in Molly's game, so it's a, it's a bit part, it's not a huge role, but, uh, I thought just the stark contrast between that and what he typically does, uh, I thought was really dope. So again, not when I assumed will be on your lists, but in a movie I watch more than the average person, uh, that, that was a standout for me. That was my number one actually. So <laughs> you didn't uh, kick it. <laughs> I didn't. I just let him go. He was he was really passionate about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, my number five uh, partially is comedy in the movie, but it's way more of a dark, uh, almost depressing turn for him. But uh, Adam Sandler and Funny People. Mm. That movie is not necessarily comedy. I think that's more of a, a dramedy. Um, and he does stand up in it, but he's not the funniest character in that movie. Um, a lot of it's sad. He kind of breaks down. Have you seen that movie, Jared? No, I have Funny not. People. That's one that I I remember seeing it coming out, and I was like, man, I got to see this guy. See this just yeah. slip through the cracks. I've always liked to. it. I've, you just made the list! Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's one that I, I I watched it when I was in high school, and I for whatever reason, I, I loved it. And I've watched it since on DVD and stuff. But his performance in that one, I think, is really good. Adam Sandler does have some dramatic jobs mm-hmm. uh punch drunk love and then there's this one that everyone's raving about him as potential oscar buzz i don't even know what it's called oh really is it a netflix movie i don't know i have no idea it's gotta be netflix right yeah isn't i mean he, that's kinda, the, i don't think so though because it was it premiered he has a deal to to make his own stuff with netflix i don't know if this is nec- i don't think this is his movie i think he just might be acting in it so mm. uh it's got 100 percent tomatoes and just premiered at some sort of festival so wow apparently it's huh I guess I'm gonna have to keep an eye out for that one then. But yeah, he he's got some serious, you know, dramatic chops too. So Adam Sandler. All right, yeah. For my list, I didn't know if I was going with like the best or my favorite, but this kind of leans towards that whole Molly's game, Michael Sarah bit role. Uh, Chris Tucker in Silver Linings Playbook. (laughs) I he's not in it much. Yeah. I don't even remember his role in that. It's been a long time since he, I saw the movie. He's essentially the the buddy of Bradley Cooper. He they both leave the mental hospital at the same time, but he's not supposed to leave. Oh, okay. Um, and I mean, looking at the other stuff he's done, Rush Hour, uh, Fifth Element, completely off brand for him. And again, I love that movie. I have no idea why, but I watch it all the time now. <laughs> so that for some reason, that one just jumped out at me. You know, a very small role, but I, I like that what he does in the movie. Bradley Cooper likes to act with uh, older comedians because he did that in yeah. in Stars Born with Dave Chappelle. He's down with the blacks. He wants you to know. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> hey, homies. <laughs> Number four. This is one I won't be surprised if gets kicked. Uh, this is from last year, uh, and this is uh, John Krasinski in A Quiet Place. I don't have him. You didn't have it. No, I guess no. I don't consider... He is a comedic actor. I just... For whatever reason, I think of him more as because he's he's such a dry comedic guy. Mm. I just think of him more. He does never cracks like <laughs> you know. Yeah, I jokes. think I think for him, I think if you asked him, he would describe himself as a dramatic actor. Yeah, and he's yeah. done some good dramatic stuff outside, but he is so never never gonna get past being Jim in the office. <laughs> that I you know I think he, he people think he's funny even when he doesn't want to be, uh, and so. Uh, in a quiet place, I thought he was so very good. Uh, he's doing a lot, obviously non-verbally with his eyes and with his expressions and stuff. And he, I think as much as anybody else in that movie, um, and his wife, Emily Blunt, Emily Blunt is James incredible Blunt. in that movie. Um, but Krasinski really is, I think the, uh, sort of the window for the audience into this world and you get to see him react to it. 
in mm-hmm. some really interesting ways. So I think he really does carry that movie. Um, and obviously he's going to carry the second one too, or you know, at least from the director's chair. Yeah. Um, so that'll be an interesting one. But uh, yeah, I got Krasinski at four. I might need to retool my list just a little Uh-oh. bit. My number four is uh, from a smaller indie movie. Um, but you might have seen it. It was on Netflix for a long time. Everything Must Go with Will Ferrell. Did you oh, see that movie? Yeah. Um, he goes some dark... That's another... That's a movie where he goes some dark places mm-hmm. like Adam Sandler did. Um, really takes a really depressing turn in that movie. But very impressive for what for, for that movie, for what he did. Um, really kind of changed... And this is, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or so, but changed my perception on him from just being a Saturday Night Live type of guy to someone who really can go places with with some of the acting he hasn't done a ton of it since i mean except for holmes and watson i mean he had to, he had to go to a dark place for that one but <laughs> but uh yeah no will, will ferrell and everything must go if you haven't seen that one you like kind of the the smaller character study darker movies like that i'll chase you check that one out i like that movie it was a weird experience though for me because you're watching will ferrell on screen and i kept being like all right here comes the funny thing yeah and he yeah. it never comes he doesn't try to be funny once in that movie that's the thing because mm-hmm. he's never set a precedent of that before like mm-hmm. you look at someone like adam sandler who's you know even prior to something like funny people he did punch drunk love and i think that's probably a reason i mean punch drunk love did have like paul thomas anderson and stuff attached to it but um so there's at least a something set there this everything must go it was entirely just like will ferrell was the name mm-hmm. so yeah that's that was hard for probably people you and other people to mm-hmm. who saw it to be like why isn't he making me laugh yep but then they saw holmes and watson and they're like oh yeah yeah it makes sense yeah that's why he's not making me laugh. comedic gold <laughs> um my number four i think this was one of my favorite movies of, i want to say last year and i mean this character he when when you say his name, you think of these two comedic roles. One's from American Pie movies, and the other is Harold and Kumar, and it's John Cho from Searching. Oh Ooh, yeah, that's fun. a good yeah, one. That is a good one. That's yeah. a good one. And my God, that movie like it, it's shit. not funny at all. No. It's one hundred percent like a thriller, mystery, psychological type stuff, and he does a great performance of. I mean, that's the weird thing is too. It's not much of a. Uh, all of all of the stuff. If you're not familiar with the movie, it's all on screens of some sort. So I mean, even kind of the acting of like fake typing at a computer and emoting with your eyes and facial expressions. He again that that's one of my favorite movies of that year, and he does a great job in it. I gotta watch that one again. I haven't gone back to it. Saw that a year ago uh, last Friday. It was on my birthday. I went and saw it. Oh nice. Oh nice. Yeah, that was a that was a. That was a really fucking good movie. Yeah, he was awesome in that. I've seen it. that's one of the few movies I've seen again since too, and it's it's. You have seen it. Again. It's yeah, it's it's rewatchable like to the nth degree. You could you know, there's so much stuff you can look through that movie, and piece together and all that stuff. It's it's awesome. I think that's well. No, never mind. There have been several. I was gonna say I think that's the movie I openly sobbed during. Uh, most recently, but there have been two or three yeah. this year that I have done it to. <laughs> I don't know why I started to have that thought even. <laughs> 47 meters down on Caged. <laughs> Dude, that movie's got an emotional punch, it no does. doubt. Did you see that one? No. <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> Number three. I think uh, a, a, a sterling example of this is Jonah Hill and Moneyball. Oh, that's a good one. Um, he had yet to try this. I think this is, was his first attempt, and I'm pretty sure he was Oscar nominated mm-hmm, for supporting. Mm-hmm, supporting, yeah. Uh, Moneyball is a fantastic movie. I'm a baseball nerd and a stats nerd, so I was right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad, it's Brad Pitt, right? Yep. 
Uh, he's awesome in that too. But Jonah Billy Hill Bean. was awesome, and it was the same kind of thing where he you're you're looking at him like, okay, when are you gonna make me laugh? Mm-hmm. And he never even tries in that mm-hmm. movie. Uh, so I really dug him, and he he. I'm surprised we haven't seen more of it from him uh, since. And I now I can't even think of another example of him in a dramatic role. Wolf uh, I Wall guess he Street. did that show. Yeah, Wolf of Wall Street, he was good in. Maniac. That was pretty comedy steering, but yeah, Maniac. But still. Potentially War Dogs. I never saw that one. Okay. I didn't see it either. It, it, it's kind, it, there's comedy in it, so I wouldn't say it's like you know the most dramatic. He's mm-hmm. also not acting a lot now. He's doing a lot more writing and directing than he is acting, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, mid nineties last mid, yeah. last mid nineties is it, there's funny things in it, but it's a kind of a fucked up movie. Yeah, it's so it's dark. not. It's not a you know he's not. I don't think he's purposely leaning into comedy or anything like that. I think that he, that I think a lot of it, especially like the theme with a lot of these people, is they fell into these certain things or they some of them either have maybe have been around for a while and were doing comedy and like oh I want to try this you know like but I know Jonah Hill from the beginning just hearing a little bit of the story of him like he's never pictured himself as a comedic actor he always you know he's funny made people laugh but he's always wanted he's been a film buff since the beginning mm. a lot like bill Hader, who they just loved film since they were kids and has that's all they wanted to do is be in movies and write movies and direct and stuff so awesome my number three kind of a cheat because i don't have a specific movie but there's a lot of them uh steve carell mm. um i would say the ones that i really enjoyed him the most are uh, Battle of the Sexes, that the the um, tennis movie, where with the never saw it. It's a good one. Um, him and Emma Stone, um, beautiful boy from last year. He was excellent in that movie. And uh, Vice, he was he was great in Vice as as Rummy. Ah, I forget about so, him in Vice. Uh, and Big Short, he's also amazing. Like yeah, he's I was gonna def- say, Big Short's definitely comedic. Oh, there's comedic elements, yeah. but but he's 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 awesome. He is such a good actor. He really is. He can go so many places and uh anytime now he's like he's one of those actors now it even more than comedy for me like he's great as michael scott obviously and he's doing comedic stuff he's doing that space force show and everything like that um but any like if i see his name attached to a movie come you know in in september october november december like towards the the oscar season i'm gonna go see it Mm because he's gonna probably do something awesome in it do you see him in foxcatcher i never saw that's one i haven't seen but he was That's nominated one. for that one. He that movie made me so feel so uneasy mm-hmm. because he does he, he completely transforms. It's yeah. disgusting. Yeah, he's a weird dude. And then I've read the story about what that's based on, and I can only imagine that movie's fucked. Yeah, we got, we should get that on our. Did list you guys not see it? it? No. Oh wow, yeah, I remember going to. It. I think it was. I went to like a double feature that day, and that was one of them. And I was like, I just felt uneasy because mm-hmm. he's very unrecognizable, and the dude is like, it was again gross because it was just he he transforms into this guy and this guy is cuckoo cachoo <laughs> yeah um i guess another one from this year for or last year was welcome to marwin i yeah. never saw it but it wasn't a very okay. good movie like again his performance was good the movie had a lot more issues than i think the performances could have overcome it was just shy of good for me yeah I, it was fine like yeah his it performance was, was probably the best part of it this is the first I've thought about it since I saw it. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, my number three, I think I might be cheating because I, I have a TV one on here, and it's Brian Cranston in See, Breaking Bad. I was wondering if anyone was going to go for that yeah, one. Yeah, punt that. Okay. Let's kick the can okay. on that one. Okay. okay. <laughs> Perfect. 
Number two. Uh, you talk about Steve Carell and a guy that is a brilliant actor, uh, even when he's not doing comedy. I think Jim Carrey is another one of those guys. Mm-hmm. We don't see him as often go dramatic, but I, I really love him in the number 23, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not a movie that everybody likes, but I really do. Uh, but my actual pick here is uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Mm-hmm. That movie f- is fucking awesome. Uh, you guys have both seen this, right? Yes. I don't know if I have. <laughs> It's it's kind of cuckoo cuckoo. You just made the list. <laughs> That's going up there real fucking quick. Okay. Uh, great great film and Jim Carrey's good in it. Um, Kate Winslet I think is his opposite yep. and they're both awesome. They they make there are a couple that if I said to you Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet you'd be like they're okay they're gonna be a couple but they worked out some really great chemistry and uh, yeah I just really dig him in that one. I I wish that we would see him more. He's doing his show Kidding right now on Showtime. Have you seen this? I have not, but I remember seeing uh, the preview before movies or something in the theater, and I was like, man, they, he, he's turning. It's like uh, very strict, uh, straightforward, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, Mr. Rogers. I haven't seen it, but is that I kind of so. what it is? I think, Yeah, I haven't watched it myself, but that's the vibe I get, is that he's like a Mr. Rogers kind of adjacent guy. Like, tormented and whatnot. Yeah, and him and, uh, there, God, there's, there's one more that came to mind. That I have, oh, Man in the Moon, that was a big one where he's Andy Kaufman. And okay, then, uh, that was going to be what, did you see that movie? Have you ever uh, seen that movie? I don't think I have. Okay, I was going to hit the, the list button like you did with, with oh. Eternal. Because that, that was, I actually had Jim Carrey on my list and I kind of sh- shifted some things. But um, yeah, him and Man in the Moon, he's excellent in that movie. The documentary about that Jim and Andy on Netflix uh, is incredible. Mm-hmm. So good. You yeah. get to kind of see a lot of him. and uh, Interesting cat that I wish would act more, but he is not. He's a painter now. Yep. <laughs> His paintings are fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, my number two is, uh, unfortunately, someone who's who's gone to the other side. Uh, Robin Williams and Goodwill Hunting. I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah, we're yeah. going to kick that one. Yep. <laughs> we're going to pop that one. Uh, my number two is, same as Cody's, Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Um, you said Eternals... What, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah, that one. I was also going to say The Truman Show. God, I um, love The Truman that Show. That one leans You haven't seen little... The Truman Show. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. man. You just made it's the growing. list. It's growing and growing and growing. That one, I would say, leans more towards the comedy, but there's a lot of drama in there, and it's very... I, I don't know if it's been ruined. I'm not going to say anything about it. Um, But yeah, uh, the number 23, that one, it's not a great movie, but it, it's a thinker, and my God, it, it is not what he would do at all in a movie no um because it is dark and it's like it it's like yeah a dark noir thriller psychological it's weird but he he you know he's known for dumb and dumber and all these ace ventura all these things and the mask the yes the mask actually have you Um, seen the mask yes (laughs) cameron Cameron diaz pretty good looking in that one yeah But yeah, that's you're uh, waiting for the sounder. Yeah, I was, I was waiting for it. <laughs> I knew you wanted it. That's why I didn't give it to you. Number one. So you know what this is because we just kicked it, uh, and this is what I meant. This is the correct answer to this question. I know you're going to disagree with us, but yeah. the right answer to this question is Robin Williams and yes. Google Hunting. He is uh, in a movie where he's I don't know. He's got maybe 10, 15 minutes of screen time. It's not a ton. No, uh, he's definitely a supporting role. Um, and steals it for me. Uh, he's got a couple, the two, the two best monologue, monologues of that film are by him. I think he's the heart and soul of that movie, and it's a great movie, and I like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and everyone else that's in it, but mm-hmm. he, you you think of a scene from Goodwill Hunting, you're picturing Robin Williams. 
Absolutely. And you know what? Not just only that film, but I had a couple other ones written down for him. I had um, Dead Poets Society. Mm-hmm. I loved him in that, and that's definitely not comedic. It's very uh, hard. Uh, is that based on a book? Novel? Maybe? I don't know. Let's say maybe. Like um, but then another movie. I, I've never seen this one. I've seen parts in like a trailer, and it looked so weird. Is One Hour Photo. Mm. That See, that's one I want to see. Because he's apparently fucking creepy. I, I, that's why I don't want to see it. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, no. What about uh, Patch Adams? Yes. Uh, 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 a death to Smoochie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about Jack? You remember Jack? He was, oh he was... my god, dude! I that was one of my favorite movies growing up, and it's definitely Hook? like uh, Hook again. Are you just uh, t- actually, saying hell, a bunch of Robin Williams dude, movies. Now? Yeah, yeah. You know what? <laughs> both, both Hook and Jack, I I remember crying yeah. in because Jack is such a heartbreaking story mm-hmm. at the end of it, but then it's kind of like happy because of the end. But yeah, that movie. Oh man, you, you're just for, you're forgetting. The number one. What's number Robin one? Williams movie? Flubber. Nah. <laughs> nah. Flubber's fine, I guess. Jumanji, man. Yeah, yeah. Jumanji's pretty dope. But yeah, are you? Do you want to try to convince us that we're wrong about this being the best? What well, I already know the right answer, but it's fine. Um, it's the one Jared mentioned earlier. Uh, the can kick with with uh, Brian Cranston, someone who was completely out basically of of any like he was he was done with malcolm in the middle he was looked at as just a uh a character actor in sitcoms he had only done sitcoms up to that point really some plays and stuff but uh then he gets this role lucks into this role essentially of 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 uh walter white and the probably the most complex character in tv history and uh <sighs> he crushes i don't know it. about that and he crushes it I, I mean, I like Breaking Bad as much as the next guy. Um, and I like Brian Cranston, too. Um, I, I think if I had to, if, if we were going to fight about whether it's Robin Williams or Brian Cranston, uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know what I would do. But it, <laughs> I do believe that it's Robin Williams. And I, yeah, Breaking Bad is obviously a good one, though, because if you watch him in any episode of Malcolm in the Middle and yeah. then you try to picture him as later seasons Walter White, it doesn't yeah. fucking work. Oh, yeah. You see you see him roller skating in that one episode of Malcolm in the Middle with the <laughs> mm-hmm. the glitter suit onesie or whatever or him with speed walking against that other guy and then you see him, in, yeah, just mm-hmm. blowing fools and he up. Done, with like, he done bit parts in, in Seinfeld yep. up to that point. He yep. done bit, bit parts in a couple other other sitcoms and he didn't really have much of a career prior. Like He had, he had one, but it was all... You know, Pretty low key. Small plays and mm-hmm. like I said, yeah, character bit bit roles, and then he gets this and, and his the career is, blows uh, up. I mean, yeah, he blew up from that show, but I wouldn't say that he's had like any like huge success movie wise. No, he's he, a, he was in Godzilla for a little bit. I'm trying to think what other movies. Well, he's, he's been in a bunch. He's been nominated for Oscars a couple times now since then, but it's not a lot of movies. You're like, oh yeah, it's like the Trumbo? Infiltrator. The Infiltrator. He was nominated oh, for okay. for um, yeah, what you what you just mentioned. Um, he's been nominated for a bunch of Tonys since then, like the the uh, All the Way, whatever that one was. I think that might have been the movie version of it where he played. There's like that president LBJ. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he's done like there, he's been nominated a few times, but it's not again. You probably movies you haven't even seen because it's just like mm-hmm. you know. But he's great in them. Wakefield's another movie like that where he's awesome in that movie. I was just trying to think of the title of that one. Is I, that I the one up one. in the attic or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Okay, he's great in that movie. That movie is fine. But he was great, but, you know, it was too small of a movie for him to see anything. So let us know, folks, on Facebook and on Twitter at SoCo Show Pod. 
whether you think the correct answer to this question is Robin Williams or Brian Cranston or someone else for that to, matter. To be fair, I did have Robin Williams number one at first, and then I, when we start when I started thinking about TV more, I'm like, well, duh. And I even debated like, is Malcolm in the Middle enough to be considered a comedic actor? Was that his intention the entire time? Because a lot of these people just were in comedy for a while before. But yeah, I mean, I think you consider with all of his, you know, sitcom roles, he's probably more of a comedic actor up to that point. That's kind of like Krasinski. Yeah. You know, same kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so let us know if we missed out on anybody else as well uh, in this week's edition of Mambo Number 5. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number 5. Five. Number 5. All right, let's keep it rolling. And we're sticking in the world of movies today. That's our whole show. And uh, I'm going to get a little help from Jared in this week's edition of Making the Quota. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! Seth has found a quote from some film, and Jared and I will need to figure out what film and what character said that quote. Pretty straightforward. Seth, what do you got for us this week? You might need to remind Jared of... The movie, because I don't think he's had a, the movie from last week, so I don't think he's had a chance to listen. Hey, to you know episodes. what? Don't give me the hint right away. I'm gonna see okay. if I can get this. Okay. All right. Hell, I can get you a toe by three o'clock this afternoon with nail polish. These fucking amateurs. Oh my gosh, I, I can picture who says it. Can you say it again without the fucking accent? <laughs> uh, hell, I'll do a different accent. Hell. <laughs> What the yeah. fuck was that? Hey, I can get you a punch in the stomach. Hey, I can get you a toe by two o'clock. No, three. three hey, I can get you a toe by three o'clock this afternoon with nail polish. These fucking amateurs. Okay, what's the... Cody, what's the hint? Uh, last week, the quote was Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. From uh, about, uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. So it's another Jeff Bridges movie. Someone that gets a toe cut off. Oh, Oh, oh I think I know it. Yeah, because I I was thinking of a tow truck. No, no, no. He just needs a tow. So yeah. that's what do you ahead. think? The Big Lebowski, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Do you know who says it? Is it John Goodman? Yeah. Yeah. You remember his character? Uh, oh, God. I know it. Um, it's actually a pretty. I like. I know the name. I can not picture even seeing the, had that. Not even it's not. It's not Donnie, is it? No. No. no Donnie is uh, uh, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. 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 Yeah. He's fucking hilarious in that. Uh, don't say it yet. It's a name I, I never seen, never having seen that movie. I know this name. You haven't seen The Big Lebowski? Uh-uh. We've oh talked about this. Just you just made the list. That was already on the list. <laughs> <laughs> you said it was before. I think it's, this got brought up when is Kyle it like, was on. Is, uh, is, is, is it like Randall or something? Uh-uh. It's, uh, fuck. As soon as you say it, I'm going to go, oh, yeah. That is. yeah. Oh, Walter. Yeah. Sovchek? Yep. Sovchek? Sovchek, yeah, yep. That's what it was. Uh, great character. He's fuck. That's an awesome, awesome uh, John Goodman character. Uh, I gotta say though, I looked through the quotes of that movie. Not a lot of politically correct ones I could have used. So. Oh no! This <laughs> is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. It was, was nineteen. Yeah, that was the one I. This thought This is what about happens too. when you find a stranger in the Alps. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the edit. Yeah, that's what it has what? in the quotes here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, it it was definitely a not. I mean, there's plenty of funny lines in that movie by John Goodman, but uh, they're not acceptable lines to mm. probably say out loud. So yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, Ninety-nine. That was nineteen ninety-nine. Twenty years old now. Yeah. The Big Lebowski. Uh, we'll get. We'll get. We'll get that one uh, up on your list sometime soon, sure. Seth. So, 
Uh, Big Lebowski, thanks a lot for your help, Jared. You helped. Uh, you got that one on your own. We I won. We help. won. That was it. Uh, so we win. We win this week's edition of Making the Quota. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote. All right. So as you know, uh, you've been hearing the You Just Made the List sounder. Uh, Seth and I have been basically assigning movie homework to one another in the form of uh, films that, that we love that the other one has not seen. Uh, so this is kind of our forced recommendation portion of the show. And uh, this was an interesting week. We had Jared here as well. So both Seth and Jared watched a new movie uh, so that they could review it for this week's edition of We Missed the Boat. Oh! I'm on a boat, and... You're going to need a bigger boat. So you guys have been keeping it a secret what you watched, uh, but it was a pretty eclectic list of five that you had available to you, so I'm really interested to see what you picked. Yeah, Jared has seen almost all the ones. I think there was like two movies he hadn't seen on the list. So. I've seen them all. Yeah, he's seen all the movies. And Se- he's- I've seen them all. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, we, we, we ended up choosing the free option as opposed to the other option that would have caused us to rent a movie. So we went with uh, the Netflix Movie on Netflix, Equilibrium. Oh, fuck <laughs> yeah. I thought you were never going to watch Equilibrium. <laughs> well, I didn't think I was going to either. <laughs> <laughs> but it's free, it's me. So that's what I went with. Um, well, yeah, I'll, I'll start. Um, I, I don't know how many thoughts you have on this one, Jared. So but, many thoughts. Yeah. I thought I'd seen it, and then we started watching. I was like, yeah, I definitely haven't seen this. <laughs> I had to take a drink first before I explain this movie. No, um, I thought... It was definitely an interesting movie. Um, I thought the, the for me what what I enjoyed the most was definitely the crazy fucking action in that movie. It's unique. <laughs> it's unique action. Right? <laughs> it's so strange. That's gun fu is what that is. <laughs> That's fucking. Nuts. It is gun fu. Well, it's hell. like stiff yeah. gun fu. It's very yeah. calculated. It's it's pres- yes. <laughs> the way that he fucking flips the guns around his body and just over and over again. I'm like, this is fucking You're wild. You're pumped. I want to watch it again now. It's been like five or six years since I watched it. But I was like, when I think it was about the time John Wick came out that I put this on the yeah. list. I was like, you're going to fucking love this gas kicking. Yeah, the, the fighting is awesome. The Yeah, the, it's just... And even when he's doing hand-to-hand fighting, he's pretty badass. Yeah. But the gun, like, because there's this scene in the beginning where there's, like, strobe lights, and he's doing the guns, and you can't really see what he's doing. You just know that he's shooting everyone around him. <laughs> then there's one scene, like, where it's in the daylight, and they do, like, a few shots of him, like, one's above him and around him, and he's doing all this gun stuff, and they show it, like, in quote-unquote real time, and a gun is, like, forward and to the left of him, and then it's to the right and the behind him, and it's just everywhere. And I'm like, this is fucking crazy. It goes <laughs> yeah. on for a long time. Um I would say the the overall story and plot and everything I think is an interesting idea. I just I thought it was kind of cliched. No, you have to refresh me a little bit because isn't the idea that there's no like subjective thought in this world? There's Essentially, no there's no emotion. No right? emotion. No at emotion. All. That's you what can't it is. Have any but emotion. he is he he's fighting. He stops taking the drug. It's kind of like we happy few. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, so he's, he's having emotions now. He's having his emotions. emotion is shoot guy in head. A kind of well, yeah. I mean, because he has a, he has like kids and everything, but his kids are also um, emotionless, and they like because we've talked like this has way more of an interesting discussion piece th- than it is like what they executed. I think I think the discussion piece around it is like so what what do kids do and like these kids don't really ever have a chance to develop emotions because they don't learn emotions. Mm-hmm. So they have natural emotions and stuff, but they don't. The, what they are taught is to just not have them, you know? So how, like how would that 
change a kid growing up. Like there's a ton of really cool philosophical mm-hmm. discussions in the movie. I just think the way they executed them was not really the most entertaining at times and very cheesy mm-hmm. <laughs> at times. Um, that being said though, Bale was great. I thought Bale was great in the movie. And again, the action was awesome shot. The shots were wild in this movie. <laughs> um, just very, very cheesy. And especially like the beginning starts off pretty damn slow. Mm. Um, so it takes a while. Like once it got to like 30 minutes, 40 minutes in, then the action starts. I'm like, okay, because, because then it gets just over the top crazy. And I'm mm. like, I'm in for this. Yeah. Give me this from minute one. <laughs> but they do this whole storyline. And it's like if they added a real storyline to John Wick and tried making it complicated, you mm-hmm. know, like that type of thing. It, yeah, going going to exactly what you said, the beginning was very slow, and it was funny because I think we paused it five times. We did. And we're like, it's <laughs> only been four minutes? <laughs> but then again, after about 40 minutes, I think it was, it just kind of, it picks up and flies by. But I guess my, my problem with it was I thought the story was something we'd seen before, and I guess that's... That's not what you're looking for here. Again, he he said it was a very. Uh, Seth mentioned that it was a, a good discussion piece because Seth, you pointed this out, and it finally clicked after you had mentioned it. The longer he doesn't take his medicine, mm. there's more color in the world. I thought that was cool. Oh shit, yeah. And yeah. I didn't even notice that until he had mentioned it, and then I started seeing, and that's kind of how it is. And also the camera angles are, I felt like more wide mm-hmm. and whatnot, but the, the mythology is kind of cool how they have essentially, it's like this one person that goes through all of this training and it's a something cleric, cleric. I don't remember the name it's of kind it. of like almost like a religion type thing, but mm-hmm. mixed with government. And yeah, it, it's really cool. But I guess my problem was the whole not having emotions, it was weird because it's like, if you wanted to kill this person, it's like, well, you had emotions to do that. Yeah. And I, I thought it was kind of a, a blurred line here there or there. There is a lot of that. Yeah. But that being said, though, I, you know, I don't think, I definitely don't think it was a bad movie. I had fun. Like, by the time I got to the point where it was fun, I had a fun time. It, and the, I guess the thing is, it, I, like I said, I thought I had seen this movie, but it falls into, I guess, this weird realm of early 2000s, late 1990s mm-hmm. movies that have these wild shots like he mentioned and mm. shooting and gun foo and whatnot well you can see i think you can see well you won't but um you can see the influences from the matrix oh I think. that's this exactly came out what I just a year or yeah. two later after and that's why i had it on this list you know my agenda is clear yeah yeah um and uh so i'm glad that you were excited by the action and yeah i think at the time when it came out it was maybe more inventive than it seems now because mm-hmm. uh, you're right it doesn't seem like an original storyline but my recollection of this movie is not about the storyline at all. It's about the ass kicking. So yeah. I'm happy yeah. that it yeah. holds that was up awesome. And that's what that you're moment. watching it for. And that's what I figured because like going the the story of it all, I'm like, okay, I mean, it's interesting, boring the way they're executing it, but I don't think this is exactly 100% why Cody was into it. And then like the craziness started happening. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm glad that you enjoyed this. Like I said, this is, I never thought you were going to watch this. So I'm glad, I'm glad that Jared kind of forced you into it. Yeah. It was between this and what Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. And yeah. then we had to pay for that. That one I'm still excited to see, but. Steve Jobs is dope. You're yeah. I like it. Uh, let's see. So, uh, I have to replace this movie uh-huh. on your list. Uh, and I know exactly what I want to replace it with, but I'm not sure that you haven't seen it. Okay. So I'm hopeful that you haven't seen this one. Um, if I said, remember, remember the 5th of November, would you know what movie I was quoting? I'm bad at quotes, so I still I, might have seen the movie. I know it. Jared knows. It's I know it. V for Vendetta? Yeah, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen V for you, Vendetta? I've, I've watched parts of it. with. You were watching it. 
and I watched parts of it with you, but I never finished it. I watch it about once a year. It's fucking dope. Jared, can you join me in a hearty? Oh, I've never seen film? it. You haven't seen it? No, either? I haven't seen it. I All know right. I know that it has the dude with the anonymous mask and uh-huh. a girl I was dating in college. It was her favorite movie. Never watched it. It's dope. It's based on a comic book. Um, there's some sick ass action. And then there's also some um, kind of think PC political type um, discussion in here that's really interesting. But mm-hmm. you're never far from an ass kicking scene in that movie. And I, yeah. if you like the fighting and equilibrium, you're really going to like it in V for Vendetta. So, okay. uh, so check that one out. Um, it, it's a little smarter than equilibrium, I think, but you're going to like it for the ass kicking for yeah. sure. So uh, V for Vendetta. You just made the list! There we go. We'll see if we have to add anything else to the list before the end of this show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, fortunate that we had both guys on here to enjoy Equilibrium for the first time. Uh, Next week, I will be reviewing one of five films for this segment. Uh, Toy Story 3, Call Me By Your Name, WALL-E, First Reformed, and The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Uh, are my options. Jared, if you could recommend one of those movies, which which would you say I should watch? I don't know, man. That that list, nothing was really jumping out at me. <laughs> <laughs> what a shitty list. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I've never seen Wally. So You've never seen Wally either? No, I've never seen okay. Wally. Seen I, I know that either. everyone kind of mentions that it's pretty good. It, you know, it's kind of a, you're going to get emotional and whatnot. Um, First Reformed, we haven't seen. No. See, that's the thing. is like I'm pretty that sure that whole list, rec- except for Toy Story 3, I haven't seen. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was before I started recommending indie movies to you. So Yeah, yeah. That's before I started listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see which one I choose. Uh, we'll see what mood strikes me over the next seven days. You, and uh, Did you never see Last Black Man in San Francisco either? That one wasn't playing. Well, I really? think it, it finally played at an art house, but months after. Oh, okay. I had like one showing at an art house that was because that, w- time. that came out in what April? Yeah, it was earlier this year. Yeah, no, missed it. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's gonna do it for this week's edition of missed the, we missed the boat. Oh, I'm on a boat, and you're gonna need a bigger boat. All right. So as we mentioned before, uh, we went to the ScreenX here at the Regal in Bend, Oregon, and saw a movie. Uh, so we probably better review that one. Let's jump into it. Mom, what do you think? I love it! I hated it! So this was very high on, I think, all of our lists in terms of most anticipated films of 2019 at the beginning of the year. It's It Chapter 2. We were all, I think, uh, as was most of America, very pleasantly surprised and kind of blown away by It uh, the first chapter, which we all watched together um, back in uh, Des Moines. I think that was the first time we collaborated on the ride home, if I remember That right. was the first time I was on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. Ah, that was a fucking awesome time. And This uh, is my last time on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was amazing. It, too, is, of course, the, the follow-up slash wrap-up of uh, the story of, of Pennywise and the Losers Club. So... Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure where to start. Who, who's got a point they want to start on when it comes to it? I mean, I was looking forward to this very much because, like, again, the first one was a surprise. We watched, we rewatched the first one literally right before we went to the second one. So mm. we were fresh. And I mean, this movie kicks off right away from the beginning. Personally, I mean, Cody, you've read the book. Mm. I haven't. So I feel like uh, some of this stuff didn't. I, I would have been nice to almost read the book and then be like, oh, there's that scene or there's that one. But, uh, man, from the very beginning, it kicks off, and it's it's 
I wouldn't say raw exactly, but it's it's terrifying, mm-hmm. and it's like, hey, we're not pulling any punches in this movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, so moving from the kids to the adults, I think, was one thing that I noticed was a big difference here, because mm-hmm. you're right. It is it, The scary scenes in this are far more scary, because mm-hmm. they're, he's trying to scare adults this time, not kids. Yep. And that opening scene you're talking about sets the tone for that in a mm-hmm. major way. So I, I took Pennywise far more seriously in this edition yeah. than I did in the first. Did you agree? Yeah, I totally agree with that, and that's... That's something I didn't even think about till now, but it totally like and we talked about even afterwards that it does have a the movie does have a lot different tone than the first one. The first one is way more of a coming of age, uh, even more of a comedy in some aspects. And this one felt different in a lot of ways. There are still comedic moments, but it felt more adult, felt more grown up. It felt more modern. And, you know, it didn't have the 80s flashback, you know, feel to it. Uh, this place took place in like, what, 2016 or something like that. Yeah. And uh so with that may that's one of my problems I think with the movie is that it did feel a lot different, but also I think that it needed to at the mm-hmm. same time. Um, I think that the flashing back and forth with the the parents and the kids though I think is or not parents but the adults and the kids I think that's that's maybe where they're still trying to achieve some of that that coming of age stuff, but I don't think it fully landed like because the the actual book like you you've mentioned is back and forth the entire time whereas mm-hmm. we just get one movie two you know long movie but we just get one movie of that as opposed to you know just you know the first movie is just kids so i don't know like i think there it needed to i felt it needed to have a different distinct tone to it but i think they also kind of hurt themselves by keep keeping the kids in there in a way mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think when you're saying obviously it had a different tone and you can't really entirely play into that coming of age story again mm-hmm. this one it, it was aged up uh i guess the theme or the through line was kind of like when you grow up are these still going to be the people that you're close to like mm-hmm. as a child it showed that uh you know flashbacks that weren't in the first movie of these kids and they kind of break up and blah 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 but they're back together like two weeks later this one takes place years later mm-hmm. everyone's kind of moved on with their lives you know they're dealing with adult problems and they're hiding stuff they're ashamed of kind of who they are at mm-hmm. times and that is again almost like going back and th- because they the the mythology is they forget their roots essentially they mm-hmm. they forget where they came from and they go back and they kind of discover that and and almost make them make which is weird because this is a horror film, but they go and kind of almost make a better life for themselves in a mm-hmm. weird way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the book it is is it's probably my favorite book uh, that I've ever read, and it, it deals a lot in growing up and then growing, like growing up as a kid, growing into an adult, and then moving into adulthood and leaving the childish stuff behind. Like that's that's the main through line mm-hmm. of of that but then also with the added part of like you don't want to completely lose what you enjoyed as a kid yep. you, know, yeah. you know so it, it's a really deep and emotional book that and i don't think all of those beats got through in the movie um, because they didn't have king's writing you know mm-hmm. you, you, unless they were just going to read us the book um you don't you don't get when when king can explain how someone feels you can't really film that you know mm-hmm. and so that made it a little bit tougher um but yeah, w- the theme stuff was interesting to me, um, and I saw enough of it that I thought it was close enough to the book. I thought this was a good and faithful adaptation to the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the concessions that they made, I think, were necessary, mm-hmm. and I totally understood them. Um, I'm interested to hear what you guys thought of the cast, because this was a big, big-time A-list cast. Uh, Bill Hader, Jessica Chastain uh, kind of leading the, the charge, James McAvoy, um, and... 
I, I think they definitely did a good job of looking like aged up mm-hmm. versions of the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, the chemistry between the kids was so great in the first part. I'm interested to hear like what you thought of the chemistry between these superstar actors and, and how the aged up losers club, you know, whether you liked them. Mm-hmm. I, I did like them. I, I liked, I think my only issue was probably, I didn't like the guy who played Ben that much i thought he was mm. pretty i did i thought he was just bland and very blah mm. whereas like ben was a really interesting character in the first one i thought had a lot of time in the first one and um they, they made a point of him being a, a really main character in the first one and this one like didn't have a ton of diet like he was there but he was mostly just there to be like hey i got skinny mm. and, and he's there as you know kind of the love interest you know like carrying over that storyline but i just i thought the actor was just Blech. you know like he didn't really add like i the kid was way better as ben mm-hmm. and i don't necessarily say like that's 100 percent the case like i liked the young beverly more but i almost like i love finn wolfhard but i almost think bill Hader was better as, as richie and this i really do he was awesome um Ch- just casting jessica jessica casting was awesome as beverly in this too but I, I I liked the kid version way better too. So I don't know. Like she she wasn't bad, but the kid I thought was excellent. Like that's Bev to me. So I don't know. But the, yeah, the overall like the the kid who played Eddie, that was perfect casting. Eddie. That was that was that was that was perfect. Um, he he was great. So in and and a character I didn't love the first movie. Like he was more annoying to me. I loved Eddie in this one. He mm. was he was great. So. I think it was just mixed. I think I think they did a good job. James McAvoy was was fine as uh, uh, Bill. Bill, yes. I kept I was gonna say Ben again, but but he was fine as Bill. Um, James McAvoy is an interesting actor to me. Sometimes um, he's great in Split, but I also don't have him as like a high up actor in any anything else. Oh, he's great, man. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I thought the cast was pretty good. Yeah, I kind of I'm gonna play off of what you said. The I thought the cast was pretty good, but then again, I don't think that they had they really had too much group time to mm-hmm. like show chemistry and work well off of each other. There's, I mean, if you've watched the miniseries or read the book, there's kind of a opening. I wouldn't say opening, but a scene closer towards the beginning where they all are together, which I liked. Um, towards the end, they're all together, which I liked, but you know, individually, they're kind of doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Bill Hader shines. He's by far, personally for me, I thought he was kind of the standout. Mm-hmm. And then McAvoy and Chastain, the only reason they stood out was because I just saw them. I didn't see the character in <laughs> right. them. But the guy that you mentioned that played, I think, what was it, Eddie ben. that you just mentioned? Oh, Eddie, yeah. No, what, was it Eddie? Eddie is the scared, yeah, yes. um, scared guy. He's not He's not the, the guy. The risk assessor or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy I really liked. I yeah. have a damn clue what he, uh, what else he's in, but no. I thought that he was the he was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, looking, if you took the, the, the kid cast and the adult cast, they cast this movie really darn good. Mm-hmm. There's a shot where... Um, I'm pretty sure it is Eddie. They they transition from a shot of the adult Eddie looking into a reflection of himself, mm-hmm. and then the kid walks through the the reflection into the next scene, and mm-hmm. it's like remarkably like just the bone structure. It's weird that yeah. they were able to find it, and that's for everybody just about. Yeah. Um. I think that you know you talk about like McAvoy and Chastain. 
Um, and it was weird watching them in this because I'm used to them being powerhouses and driving their movies yes, and they yeah. had to take a back seat in this. Yep. And so it was really weird that they weren't, it didn't seem like they were able to stretch their legs here. Uh-uh. So it was a little disappointing to me that we didn't get to really see them, you mm-hmm. know, doing something big and challenging. But I think a lot of the problem with those two characters and with, um, oh my gosh, um, the fat kid. Ben. Ben. Um, is that some of the stuff that they had to remove from the book to do the second movie took, takes away big plot arcs for those characters mm-hmm. and big motivations for those characters. Eddie, I think, has the best character arc in this movie. Yeah. Because you get to see it all. Yeah. Um, everybody else, uh, Beverly has a major, um, her... I don't want to say too much, but one of the main motivators for Beverly is removed in this uh-huh. and not talked about. Same goes for Bill and uh, same goes for Ben. Mm-hmm. They, they just, there are stories that they didn't want to explore. And, and so by taking them out, they removed a lot of the motivations of some of those characters and they were, I think, minimized because of that. Mm-hmm. But again, this movie was already re- approaching three hours. So <laughs> right. I, I, I can't get too upset for that stuff not getting included. And that's the you mentioning it being three hours. That it didn't feel like three hours to me. Hmm. This movie yeah. actually it chugged along. Um, I thought there that almost like an Avengers in a way, where like they all separate and and you know kind of figure out what's going on. That's not without saying too much. Um, it's uh, it, it it all it all works with like definitely the movie is a well made movie. I thought it was well well directed, mm-hmm. well shot, well acted for the most part. Um, I just think it was. I think it made a bit might have been totally missing some things and it just wasn't quite expectations were high, but that the, the three hour thing, honestly, I could have sat for another 15, 20 more minutes and yeah. continued going. Sure. It dragged in a few parts and they might've drawn some things out, especially with Pennywise. But, um, for, for the most part, it, this, it felt, it felt like it was paced pretty quickly. You know, what I think that was, uh, the editing stands out to me in this yeah. movie because the way they transition between scenes uh, there's like 15 or 20 mega creative transitions that yes. they did where you're like, oh, and because yeah. of the way they did things and there was so rarely just a hard cut between two scenes, you didn't feel like, it felt less like a scene was stopping and one was starting mm-hmm. and more like you were turning your head from one thing going on over here to something yeah. else also going on. Yeah. And so that I think kept it moving. It was, it was mm-hmm. very cohesive in the mm-hmm. way that they did everything. Yeah, they were great. It, other than like Star Wars with its wipes, uh, <laughs> I think this is some of the best transition work I've seen, which is not something I ever pay attention to. Were you guys... Uh, now, Jared, I know you've seen the miniseries, so you maybe had more background mm-hmm. than Seth would have. Were you confused by the plot at all? Because they get into some lore and some mythology here that obviously I know because of the book, but with less of that background, were you, were you confused or were you able to follow things? I mean, in general, I was able to follow everything. Like, if you, I want to get into specifics, mm-hmm. it, it they again they could have added like thirty minutes of exposition, which I'm glad they didn't. Mm-hmm. They touch on it a little bit with kind of a flashback. I mean, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but they do a few. Uh, I guess, hey, this is what's going on here, mm-hmm. or I read this and this is this, and in general, you understand what the hell is going on. And you can kind of piece stuff together because, for example, the deadlights, the, mm-hmm. it wasn't fully mentioned in the first one, not exactly mentioned here, but you can kind of infer what they do and what they mean and blah, blah, blah. So obviously I, I haven't read the book and the the miniseries doesn't add much that was missing from these two films. 
um, I, you're able to follow everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've, you've explained a lot of that stuff to me in detail before, so I, I knew probably more than even what a lot of people who have seen the miniseries knew about. Um, this just got me thinking, though. What if they would have, in order to fit in all of the lore in this, like maybe not all of it, but a lot of it, what if they would have done like almost an, an Avengers type thing where the first movie is introductory with the kids and it in general? Second one is more half penny Pennywise focus. Uh-huh. Kind of like a, Infinity War was like a Thanos focus. It Chapter 2 was a Pennywise focus where they introduce the turtle and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Introduce like the chud, all that, you know, all that stuff. The lights and everything. They just go deep into Pennywise and you follow more of a like Pennywise thing. What's that? Where he came from and his yeah, yeah, yeah. and crap. I would have loved to see that. And then that. the third one is... You, and you don't even have to go back and forth with the kids. You can even do more kids in the second one. Mm-hmm. The third one is just all adults and that their story and all that stuff. They could even even do four movies. Well, the final battle might might be a drag out, mm-hmm. but um, you can even you know come back to the to the kids in the in the third one and uh, or come come back to the adults in the third one and then get into their story and then finally it's the battle. You think that one might have worked a little better? I think that the structure for for it, if it's ever going to be shot in a way that does it justice, is going to have to be a long-form series. Yeah. Uh, hour-long drama, HBO, for three seasons of ten episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so much of it in the book, and I, I'd hate to, I'd, I hate to be that guy that's like, the book, the book, the book, but in this case, yeah, it's important to talk about the book. Yeah. Um, you get so much detail and so many little moments and so many like little nuggets of info that come back later and just little details that fill out the story and make it feel so deep and Mm -hmm. get you connected to it that it's any amount of movies would be impossible to do that with. Mm -hmm. And the whole kids and adults structure of the book is really tough to shoot. And if it were, if even if it were three movies, they'd be super long. each of them. And if you go to three movies or even four, there stops being such logic, logical cutoff points between them. Uh-huh. Um, and so I don't know that there's a good way to shoot it as a movie and put everything in. I, yeah. I think this, this, two, this duet of films is as good as we've gotten. I think this is far better than the miniseries. Yeah. But uh, a long-form TV show is, is, would be the format that I would want to see it in. Because, and this is something we brought up too, for at least for me anyway, the first movie felt like a day or not even a day, like maybe a week or an entire summer with these kids. Like you got to know these kids in a summertime, like again, a coming of age story. It just felt all enclosed, like a set thing, just them. Whereas this one tried to jump back and forth and go back and try and figure things out and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, you know that from the trailer cause the kids are in it, but it goes back and forth with the, the main actors and the kids and all that. And it's like, it just felt very almost jumbled at times. Mm-hmm. Um, it just felt like the, even though the movie moved fast and had a good pace to it, it just never, it at times didn't feel like it fully flowed together. So um, maybe that, you know, maybe they could have done something like just the first movie is just kids and tell the kids story of the book. Second movie is Pennywise. Third movie is just the adults and then kind of wrap it mm-hmm. up there. Yeah. The Pennywise thing, it, that would be an interesting film. Uh, that would be cool. It would feel very different from the other two. Yeah. It is so abstract. Yeah. Like it is so, I don't know if it's filmable. I don't know if there'd be a good movie there at yeah. all. Because there isn't a protagonist. There yeah. wouldn't be. Well, um, neither was... Uh, I guess there was some protagonists. And, well, is, is the turtle technically a protagonist? No, because not even really a character. Like, it, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't interact with them. Yeah. You know, so there's not any... 
it's a, it's a an idea more than it's a character. But does it interact with with it with Pennywise? Yeah, but not re- not in a way that would they like don't they're, they don't they're, chat. Yeah, they're not going you know? to a coffee shop. Yeah, they're not things with mouths. Yeah, you know that's why it's so weird to think about them yeah. being filmed. Um, it's very easy to say it is the fucking clown. Like yeah. that's that's cinematic. But yeah. what it really is. And all of that background and the ritual and the turtle and all of that stuff, which for people who don't know what we're talking about, is probably really fucking confusing. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. the hell are they talking about a turtle? Um, I like turtles. For all of that, uh, it'd be really tough to come up with physical representation of that that made sense mm-hmm. while also explaining it. I would love to see someone try, mm-hmm. um, but I don't have a lot, honestly, I don't have a lot of faith in it being yeah. executable. Going, yeah. going back to the idea of the three movies, I would love to see that. And honestly, I throughout this whole movie was expecting an end credits bumper saying like chapter three coming soon. I mean, because the way chapter one went, Mm -hmm. it wasn't chapter one until the very end. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, they're making another one, which you kind of assumed, but I had a feeling that I was like, Oh, maybe they're going to do another one somehow, which they wrap it up here. Mm -hmm. You know, it it would be a, it would be chapter one and a half. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you don't need it now. There was a, I read an article where um, they wanted to do an end credit scene for the first movie. Mm-hmm. That would have been awesome. Have you guys heard about this? Yeah. Uh, so do you know? I so, do not. I just know that it played, it said chapter one. Yeah. So they wanted to do it, but couldn't get it filmed. So uh, this isn't a spoiler. The beginning of it too is the adult kids being called back to dairy because it is back. Right. Um, they were going to have one of those scenes as a post credit of the first movie. It was going to be uh, a cell phone ringing that said like Mike Hanscom calling. Mm-hmm. And then you were going to see a hand pick it up and put it up to a head with red hair. And from the back of her head, you'd see her go, oh my gosh, okay, I'll come. Mm-hmm. And then her turn around and it's Jessica Chastain. That would have been That would have been really dope, but they couldn't get it shot because of schedule. Yep. Uh, but that would have been a dope ass uh, mid-credit scene. Or oh man, the, scene the hype movie. for people, yeah. Yeah. Because people were immediately saying, like, she is the one who should play Bev. Yep. And so it was cool that they were able to get that cast because the movie did so well. I think, uh, generally speaking, I really did like this movie. Yeah. I think it was exactly what I was hoping for without blowing away my expectations. So I'm not going to, like, go screen that this is the movie of the year like I hoped it would be because my ex, it just was exactly what I wanted. Um, I think Bill Hader stands out. Uh, the cast does really well here. Uh, Bill Skarsgård's Pennywise, I think, is going to be um, something people talk about for a while. He does some really He's creative awesome. shit in this. And Dude, it, when th- there's one scene, I'm not going to spoil it here, but man, he looks so freaking weird. <laughs> He's a weird looking dude. He was made to be a horror villain, yeah, for sure. Uh, I honestly, I don't. Other than you know the the concessions they had to make, I didn't get to see everything I wanted in the book. That that would be the only qualm that I would really have mm-hmm. uh, structurally and mechanically. I think this was really well done. Yeah, yeah. I think my only negatives or bugaboos is just slight switch of tone sometimes that fell off yeah. from everything else. But otherwise, yeah, very good film. <laughs> There is one, yeah, the, yeah. I know, there's one gag joke in this, and people who, people, I think, people who have seen this will know what we're talking about. That it is so weird and seems so out of place that completely took us out. It, it felt like an editing error. Yeah, it was personally, weird. that's how I felt. Seth, I know you felt different about it. I like. I thought it was funny. <laughs> it made me laugh. Yeah, it was, if they play for comedy, and and it was funny for sure. But I was yeah. like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. But uh, I think that it 
chapter two gets recommendations from all of us, especially if you're a horror fan or like it or saw the first one and you want to see how the story concludes. Uh, catch this in theater, and we can recommend that you do so in ScreenX uh, or even IMAX, whatever you have have available, because it'd be a, it's a big, fun, loud movie for sure. For sure. Uh, what are, what are you guys going to this week? Uh, anything coming out that we're going to review for next week's show, Seth? I don't. Hustlers. There are a few independent. Hustlers. Is that movie going to be good? No, I don't know. I don't know. I, just, I didn't it think could, so. It actually, but I've heard decent it, reviews. It just premiered at TIFF, so if movies, a lot of movies that go to TIFF don't like they have they have a really strict acceptance yeah so i don't know maybe it's yeah. good who knows um so maybe that if it's good um there's that movie that came out a couple of weeks ago that's indie movie britney runs a marathon that's been getting oh, really yeah. good news i want to see that a couple of really smaller indies uh that are playing at the art house theater that i may get may get down to depending on what my weekend looks like but um so maybe maybe a few you know smaller movies there we go we'll see what we get to Uh, and you can catch it all next week. Uh, We'll be back to review something for sure. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. All right. Uh, As you know, reviews come at the end of our show, but uh, before we wrap things up, we got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one more more thing. I'm going to go first, uh, and this is a little bit outside of our, our scope for today's show. Um, cause we don't, we don't talk sports so much on this show anymore. Uh, even though we do have the SoCo sports show, uh, which is going to be hitting your podcast feed tomorrow. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, but just got news earlier today. Our alma mater, my alma mater, well, and Jared's, um, is going to be hosting college game day next weekend. Uh, the ESPN crew is going to be at the ISU Cyclones versus Iowa Hawkeyes game, which is a huge deal for Ames. Uh-huh. Um, that's really exciting that they're getting kind of that national attention. So if you're a college football fan in Ames, go represent well. Uh, and if you're not in Ames, watch college game day and you'll get to see, you get to see our old stomping grounds. Go ahead, Jared. All right. I didn't know uh, if I should bring something serious, something funny, but I, I, I had, oh, have you guys ever read up on the transcript from Apollo 10? Oh, no. There was an incident on Apollo 10 that is actually very funny to read. I mean, it's it's a 500-page transcript, but there's one part that's very funny. <laughs> and essentially, and no one no Let's one's come it. no one's come forward and admitted who did it or whatever. But during this mission, and this is Houston is going back and forth with these astronauts up in space. A turd got loose. (laughs) And if you read through the transcript, you have to laugh because there's like three astronauts up there. There's people down in mission control and they don't know what to do about this turd. And no one's admitting whose turd it is. (laughs) So like literally it's like, I didn't do it. It ain't one of mine. I don't think it's one of mine either. Mine was a little bit more sticky than that. Oh, oh my no. god! And it just keeps going on how like they're just denying who pooped on this, like without <laughs> a bag or whatever. So it's just really funny that these are like the smartest people ever, but they're shitting in in space and not. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it, it's funny. I think. Um, do you have a link we can share? I I can send. Okay, it, yeah. provide me with that link. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that in the description box so people can check out the the mystery of the floating turd. Yeah, you might have to sift through a lot of pages, but it's pretty. Like I'm sure that there's a website, or I'll try to narrow it down to exactly what parts of the transcript. Because yeah, they go on for a while and then they take like a ten minute break and then they're like, no, seriously, whose turd was that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! 
Space Turds. Yeah, I'd Space watch Turds. It. I don't know if we mentioned it on the podcast, but we've we've talked a lot about uh, our at least with us three talked about the best burgers around. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and wait, do we need to do a break yourself, fool? And that's when you break. Tight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we talked, I don't know, again, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or not, but... We did. Did yeah, we? it was a big thing. We made a huge deal of it. Was it? Okay. Uh, movie theater burgers. Uh, we had, again, went to the Regal this week, had a chance to check out the Screen X and all in the, in the, the theater that Cody brags about all the time. And, you know, I will agree it's an impressive theater, but what's not impressive is their cheeseburgers because, uh, Marcus... They are officially the winners of the best theater cheeseburger because Regal doesn't have one. I was going to say, it's not like they made a shitty burger and decided not to have one. Regal's hot food options compared to Marcus are abysmal, just going to say it. I think that's fair. My theater does not have a full kitchen. I didn't know this. I know. Um, And I'll tell the the listeners what I told you. Uh, It's that only garbage people eat burgers while they watch the movie, and garbage people aren't allowed at Regal theaters. Well... to, to be fair, I don't eat burgers during the movie. I eat them before. <laughs> I smash them during the trailer. I do. <laughs> so your theory does not stand. I was bummed that uh, I was bummed that that there wasn't a burger with which to compare. That, mm-hmm. that was sad. I mean, it's a win-win. Now everyone gets to be right. Um, but I was really hoping that the Regal Burger would crush your hometowner. I think I'm right. I don't know about that. Uh, we got Tasty Burgers, Space Turds, and College Game Day this week. And one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. Uh, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 111 of the show. We want to give, sh- give a shout out to Jared. Uh, At Jared Buckendall. For joining us on this week's show. You, what, are you, what are you working on, Jared? you want to pimp anything out before we wrap it up here? Oh, I'm doing it all over on the YouTubes. Actually, uh, just shameless plug here. Um, if you're not familiar with what Patreon is, it's, I'm uh, launching a Patreon, which is essentially kind of a website type thing that crowdfunds, you know, creatives and whatnot. So there's going to be different tiers and stuff that you can support if you want to support, you know, the JB channel, because that I'm putting a lot of work into these reviews with literally no, uh, I guess reward coming back or compensation. And mind you, like I'm doing this cause I love movies and whatnot, but it would be nice to get a kickback mm-hmm. every now and then for the amount of time I put in, but it's going to be like exclusive tiers where you'll get an exclusive episode of movies and nonsense, like a new podcast I'm doing. You'll maybe be able to guest spot on it episode of something. You can suggest movies for me to do for JB classics and topics for the podcast. So I'm still trying to work out the tiers, but hopefully by the time this is posted, it should be live. So, all right, we're going to link to that in the description box. Uh, and I know you've got two supporters in, in the so and co-host here. Well, uh, so hopefully some of our listeners will jump on board as well. It's actually just one, one, because it's a show page, right? That you're, you're paying for. So, you know, thanks, man. Oh, I get to pay for that too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> going, going back to the solo show. Yeah, there yeah, you yeah. go. That's what we're going to have to fucking do. You're going to have to start paying me to edit it. If that's that sound. Uh, make sure you check out the, uh, the Patreon page at Jared Buckendall, uh, and also check out his YouTubes, uh, dude's working hard on a lot of shit. So make sure you're checking that one out. Uh, what's your latest, uh, your latest drop that you can point folks to, uh, for my link or what for your, uh, your YouTube, what's your latest video that you worked on? Uh, I think by, Oh, I'm trying to work on, uh, hopefully it should be posted by now. Uh, my review for it chapter two, and then also it 
chapter two ending explained poorly. Nice. That would be my very first one. I got to write it, but hopefully it should be done around this posting of this episode. I like it. A prime candidate for, for the uh, ending explained poorly treatment. So uh, we'll be keeping an eye on your YouTube channel. At Jared Buckendall. For that. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, and thank you listeners for, uh, for joining us as well. Don't forget to subscribe wherever it is you're listening so you can get new episodes every Thursday. Keep an eye out for the SoCo Sports Show in your feed tomorrow. It'll be in the same feed. Uh, and we'll put that up tomorrow uh, on Friday. And you can expect that every week during the football season. And uh, spread the word, share it out, uh, add more people to the party. We certainly want to reach uh, a larger audience all the time. So uh, bring a new person on and uh, yeah, we'd be happy to hear from you on Twitter and on Facebook at Soko Show Pod in both places. Twitter if you want to talk to Seth, Facebook if you want to talk to me. And uh, I think that's going to be it. Make sure you check out our sponsors and all the links in the description box. So that's going to wrap it up. Uh, There There you go. go. Bang, bang, bang. That's efficient. (laughs) I like it. Uh, for the Soho Seth Ott and for our guest this week, Jared Buckendall, I have been the co-host, Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye.